Net Studios World Headquarters in Spring, Texas. It's Barry on Deck. Hosted by former ESPN Houston radio host and stand-up comedian Barry Laminat. Starring Oliver the Cat. Written by Barry Laminat. Produced by Barry Laminat. Directed by, you guessed it, Barry Laminat. Featuring sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminak. What's up, you damn dirty deckheads? Welcome to Barry on Deck. I am your host, Barry Laminak. Thank you guys for being here. Today is Wednesday, May the 4th be with you, 2022. And this this is episode number 473. This little raggedy ass show. Welcome to the program. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here. Got to start off by saying, my guy. Mike Lowe or intro loud? Yeah, I think Mike Lowe. Mike Lowe. I don't know why this fucking happens. Something seems to happen to my God blessed microphone. I'm not, I'm not really sure what. I mean, I guess I could turn the gain up, but I don't know. It's weird. I'll just turn the microphone up. How's that? How's that? Is that better? I think that's better. Uh, yeah, fresh cut. Today is uh, every other Wednesday. Go down to J-Row at Current Cuts and get the wig split. Oh, the hair does look nice. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you very much. Welcome to the program. Uh, lots to get to. I say that every day because there is. A lot. One day I'm going to be like, we don't have much to get to. We're just going to bullshit and talk and just do our thing. And that'll probably be true. Um, but we do have a lot to get to today. Lots of, uh, I got some film session stuff. We've got NBA. We've got all kinds of shenanigans and tomfoolery. And joining me on the program today, it is Wednesday. I try to bring you a guest every single day. Today is no different. Well, this Wednesday is no different. I've got my buddy Jerry Wayne Longmire going to join me at 315. He is a comedian. He toured with Ralphie May. He is one of the Whiskey Brothers. He's a writer and a performer and a producer for those guys. He's fucking hilarious. He's a genuinely good dude. Y'all know I only mess with genuinely good dudes. So uh, very excited to have him on. And yes, Aggie Milkman. No, it's not Dave Chappelle. But we are going to talk about Dave Chappelle. So here's what I know you guys... I have a feeling that some of you, as soon as some shit like that happens, anytime something comedy related comes up, everybody's like, what'd you think? So, uh, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to save the Chappelle being attacked on stage talk, uh, to until Jerry Wayne joins me. Cause he's a comedian and, uh, you know, comics will talk shop. And so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that together. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, let's see. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, I got a shout out to my guy, Jerry Bo. Man, thank you for the raid, Jerry Bo. I got all distracted with my microphone not working correctly, but uh, yeah, much love and, and appreciation to Jerry Bo for the raid over at Odd Takes. Uh, shout out to those guys. If you haven't already, please go follow them. Uh, let me do this in the chat. Let me see. Uh, shout out Odd Takes. See if that worked. Did it work? Did it work? Did it work? Uh, I think it did. I think it did. I think it did. Yeah. And by the way, if you're coming in on the raid, please hit refresh. 
um, or just log out and log back into the program. I put, uh, there's the link. If you want to click that, would appreciate it. It does help with the averages on Twitch and, uh, you know, we're trying to make, uh, we're trying to make partner here, we're trying to get, uh, trying to be big time, get that little checky check mark and, uh, and be a partner to Twitch, if you will. So yeah, just hit refresh. If you came over in the raid, if you showed up on your own, much appreciated. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, I gotta say what's up and thank you to punk rock poets for the follow. Uh, they followed right before the show started. So much appreciate that. Demata during the intro. Thank you for the 15 bits. I said uh, thank you to the raid, to Odd Takes and Jerry Bow. Flying solo. Hope he's doing good hanging in there. Uh, Jared Taylor, thank you for the 200 bits, my friend. In the intro, got a shoe check I will get to. And say, say. I think I'm just going to replace the DJ horn with me doing the DJ horn. Okay, maybe not. But thank you for the 10-bit season. Very much appreciate it. Crystal! Crystal just resubbed for a second month. What? And also not first, Crystal. But we love you to death. We love you for sure, 100, but not first. Not even close. Let's do the chat. Let's say what's up to the chat, shall we? Uh, TS is in early. What's up, TS? How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. CC in early. Joe Pro! <gasps> Yo, we got a Joe Pro signing! Yay! Joe Pro! He said it's definitely all wrong. Alex Villanueva hints me having to redesign their problems. Oh, that's not good. Whatever happened there? I'm sorry. Aggie Milkman said nice haircut. Jared Taylor. Mike Lower intro loud. Uh, probably both. Sorry about that. Uh, FJ Jimenez. Hey, yeah, Mike is kind of low. My bad. Joe Pro always one team. What's up, Ivan? What's up, uh, Fidel? Richard Vales. How are you? Who else is here? Christopher Reyes. <gasps> He's back, y'all. He's been in training. He's got a new job. I don't like it. He's unable to join us. But uh, was Fidel at the Chappelle show? No, that wasn't. <laughs> that was not Ch That was not Fidel running on stage. Dave Fidel. Dave Chappelle. Fidel Chappelle. No, it wasn't him, Jeff Bronco. Biggie, what's up? He said, remember when Barry had a guest every day? That shit was exhausting. I'm not going to lie. This shit was hard. At first, because I didn't know if I could do solo shows. We're going to get to all that in just a second. But uh, yeah, I used to have a guest every day. And then it was like, this too much. What's up, Francisco? He said, hi from high. So I am late here for a few minutes, but I'll catch the replay later. Love y'all. Love you too, buddy. I'm, thank you for showing up. It's always appreciated. Uh, Aggie Milkman said, refresh, do that. Steven, the weather guy said, Jerry Wayne Longmire. Is he an old Western character? Just, just wait. Just meet him. Okay, just meet him. I'll just say name, pretty appropriate. Just meet him. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Real J Monkey said, nice Otis Redding shirt. Well, thank you, my friend. Yeah, boy, I tell you what, if I had to choose favorite artist of all time, just like general, it'd be a tough call between Otis Redding and Marvin Gaye. I mean, just the most difficult, this, uh, difficult decision. So, yeah, but I love me some Otis Redding. Uh, TS said it's been a hot day of weed eating around the city. Oh, damn. Bro, eat. stay hydrated, famo. Drink lots of beer. Drink lots of beer. Damn the water. Get beer. Crystal said, I like Joe Pro is the Billy the Exterminator from A&E. What? I feel like Joe Pro? No. What's up, B-Handon? How are you, buddy? I'm not familiar with that. Uh, Liverpool got their stuff together and is on the Champions League finals. All right. Don't give a shit, Sean. Sean, no one cares. Just you. Stuck in the office all day so I can catch the show in real time. Hello all. What's up, Nick Gamboa? Long time no see, fam. 
Good to have you in here. I almost bet Liverpool plus 1700. What's up, last call? Charles is here. Joe, bro, let's go at a, he says a mullet and blonde tips. That's, you just said, you just described the Tiger King, by the way, Crystal. Joe Pro, if, if Joe Pro was going to be any character, it'd definitely be the Tiger King. 100%. Perry, Perry said Otis Redding. Oh, between Marvin Gaye and Otis Redding? You've obviously never made love to a Marvin Gaye song. I'm just saying. Uh, okay. Let's do this. Let's see. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? Oh, shoe check. Let's do this real quick. Uh, you're not going to like these. I can tell you right now, we do a shoe check on here. You're not going to like them. These aren't fancy Nikes. These were like some of the first. Remember when white bottom shoes came in and they everybody they were the fancies. These are one of the first pairs of white bottom sneakers I've ever I ever bought, and they're 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 called clay C L A E. I don't know. They're just they're super comfortable. They're they're ugly. They're ugly as all sin. When I first got them, they were nice, but now they're just ugly as all sin. But I don't care because they're just black high tops and they're super comfortable. And whenever my feet hurt or I'm just like not feeling it, I'll just put these on. I mean, now, granted, the fucking shoelaces are eight miles long. Way too much shoelace for this shoe. Doesn't matter. All right. There's a shoe check. Biggie, thank you for that. Okay. Uh, Never heard of them. Yeah, me either. Damn, give me that shoe check refund. All right, kiss my ass. Yeah, they weren't the greatest, okay? Uh, five, I don't know what to say. What's up, D-Mata? I made love to a Color Me Bad song. Oh, yeah. Uh, my jam used to be to take the Shy CD and put it in the CD player. The Shy CD was built for lovemaking, okay? The Shy CD, you put it in, and like the first seven or eight songs was just slow jams to fuck to. And then they hit you with that fucking new Jack swing all of a sudden. And if you weren't done, you were going to be fucking at a hundred miles an hour. But that shy CD, shy, shy, jamming. Francisco said whenever Barry gets gout's flares up, he wears those. It's not gout, bitch. Perry said, I had some ballys like that. Oh, okay. Well, then I feel better. I feel like I'm cool now. CC said they're not bad. Well, thank you, CC. Memesters! What's up, Mimi? Okay, okay, okay. Here we go, guys. We got a lot of shit to do. Don't forget, 315, Jerry Wayne Longmire. So we got to get a lot of stuff out of the way. I have my list of things to do. First of all, nerds, happy Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day, indeed. DJ Brewski said shy all day, bro. And if I am nut. It was Jeff Bell knows what's up. Look at Jeff Bell with the shy album. <laughs> Cisco said Barry's comedy album should be called Slow Jams to Fuck To. Jokes to Make Love To. Oh, that's a possible album name. Speaking of, I have an update for you. Steven Weatherguy said Star Wars Day and my son's birthday. We got a bunch of birthdays today. Happy birthday to your son. Happy birthday to little Uzi. I'll be sure it was good. Yes, it was. Yes, kind of do look like Bally's. Okay. Uh, I need a beer, but I got to go to church for some production youth services. Yeah, don't drink though. Uh, <laughs> dude, that's, that's shy. Uh, okay, okay. You guys are distracting me. You're fucking with me. We got a lot to do. 
Happy Star Wars Day, nerds. I didn't have like a Star Wars shirt. I didn't have any theme. I just, I wore this Otis Redding shirt just because I fucking love Otis Redding. I need to get another one. I need to get a better one. Um, but happy, uh, happy Star Wars Day, nerds. Now, happy anniversary to me getting fired. Oh, it is 504 day. Yeah, the 504 boys. Make you wobble wobble. Uh, yeah, happy 504 day to all my 504 boys and girls. Right? Uh, yeah, this is the two-year anniversary today. Not happened yet. Not technically yet, but uh, about 1030 at night, two years ago today, I had just finished up finished up interviewing John Granado of ESPN 97.5 Houston on a little bullshit nightly show thing I did just to pass time and talk to people. And it was a fun interview. It was a great interview. And Granado and I get done and I hang up. And about 15 to 20 minutes later, my phone rings and it's AJ Hoffman. And I was like, well, hey, what's up, dude? He's like, you got a second? I was like, huh? Yeah, I do. Uh, and 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 he was like, "Hey, you're, I gotta let you go." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, we're fine. You're fired. We can't afford you." I was like, "What? I don't even make a lot. I'm like the cheapest fucking on air guy in the city. The fuck are you talking about? You can't afford me." Long story short, two years ago today, I was laid off. Ah, uh, great time for a shot. No, we're not getting a shot yet. Sean hates Star Wars. You don't say. Go figure, right? Uh, Star Wars is the most overrated, worthless franchise. Jesus, Sean, you're just, God, God bless. You're such a fucking old man, Sean, for fuck's sake. Um, but thank you for the hundred bits. <laughs> Sean's like, I fucking hate bits. <laughs> Mimi, thank you for the 200 bits, sweetie. Appreciate you both. Thank you very much. Uh, AJ is an asshole and a fucking liar. I mean... It happened, okay? It happened, and uh, that was two years ago. Now, this show doesn't exist without that, so thank God, in a way. But, yeah, it was, it's been different, but today is the two-year anniversary, uh, and then May 11th will be the two-year anniversary of this show starting. So I was laid off on a Monday, following Monday. No, it's not the anniversary, by the way. CC said the day you were told or the day you told us. The day I was told is today, and I think I did... I think the next day is when I said it, but I'm not really sure. I have to go back and look. But today is the anniversary of when I was told. For sure. For sure. I do know that. Ah, uh, Joe Pro with the 504 bits. Thank you, buddy. Steven Weatherguy with the 69. I like. Shelby with 300. Thank you, sweetie. Wait, why are you shocked, VB? Oh, you shocked that Sean hates stuff? Yeah. Aren't we all? Fucking old curmudgeon. Thank you for the happy anniversary, Steven. I appreciate that. Uh, that that was the saddest show ever. Dude, that last show, CC, with me and uh Joel and Nick, it was it was very sad. It was uh it was phew. I didn't think I would cry on air. I cried on air. Joel, I think, caught a little choked up and cried. Uh Nick cried. Trey calling in made us all cry. Trey was just like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Trey ugly cried. It was super sad. 
Uh, Steven Weatherguy said, I remember listening to your last show in the hospital room with my new baby. Oh, yeah. Trey's speech was tearjerker material. Faux show. Donna, thank you for the 50 bits. I love me some Donna. Honestly, you got out before the ship went completely down. Well, uh, I mean, I'm happy where I'm at. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Joel, thank you for the 100 bits. Oh, shit. Are we in a hype train? I guess that would be as good as time as any to bring this up. So I went to my mailbox to re-up on my P.O. box, and I had a package there. And in that package was a new train conductor hat. I don't think I'm wearing this one. I think it's got to be a little more No train conductor hat. Courtesy of D Motto. He said he bought me a full-size adult conductor hat because, well, this one didn't fit. It was tiny. So D Motto got me a brand new conductor hat, you guys. Woo woo! Oh, got a train whistle with it. Need a red bandana. Oh, that's a good point. Switch hats between levels. That's a good idea, too. We get to level five, and I bust out the somebody shrunk my head hat or expanded it hat or whatever. I don't know. This looks like a hat that kid and play would wear if he was a train conductor. Uh, or this looks like a uh, Afrocentric rapper hat. Like I'm about to rap about uh, the Back to Africa movement. Poor righteous teachers of the shit, by the way. That's what they rapped about. It was the bomb ass shit. But that's not all that Demata sent me. All right, just so we're clear, Demata didn't just send me uh, a conductor hat. Which, by the way, it's got a it's got a train on it. it was, see the train? That's pretty dope, right? Nay, nay, I say, Joel. By the way, thank you for the hundred bits, buddy. I don't know if I said that, but thank you. Nay, I say that's not all Demata sent. He sent along this note, which was very nice. Is he here, by the way? Demata, are you here? Raise your hand if you're here. What's up, Eric uh, Resendez? Good to see you, buddy. Everyone did cry on Trey's call, 100%. What's up, Joel? Uh, Demata, are you here, buddy? Raise your hand. Raise your hand in the chat if you're here, Demata. Just wave high. Okay. I want to read this because this was so fucking sweet. This was so kind. And Demata, uh, I love you, buddy. He said, hey, Barry. I got you an adult cap this time, so I know this one will fit your head. True, and it does, and it does true. He also said, uh, I got yo mama a new video camera so we can all see her beautiful self better when she joins the show. You guys, come on. Look at Demata. How fucking dope is that? If y'all recall, last time my mom does the show, did the show, and she does the show every Monday when she's not out of town or gallivanting around the globe. She joins me. Um, but I said, Mom, your, your camera's ass. It's shit. We got to get you a better camera. And she was like, I know. And I was like, we'll work on it. Demata went out and got her a better camera. It's 720p, 30 frames per second. She's going to look so much better. Demata... You're the man, bro. 
I mean, this, this, and I'm not even joking. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead ass serious. This was so thoughtful and so kind. Um, very cool of you. And I really appreciate that. And I know that the deckheads do and dude, this was outstanding. This was very cool of you. Uh, I mean, I love the conductor hats. Don't get me wrong, but that was cool, but he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. Yeah. This is a nice camera. I'm telling you, he was fucking dope. He didn't stop there though. He said, Oh, and, and I got you some coupons. So you don't have to pay $25 for burgers and fries anymore. Love Demetrius. Look at this. You guys, he went out and he's got me all kinds of coupons to go eat at different places. I got Burger King coupons now. Fucking, I, by the way, I love Popeye. I slept on Popeye's my whole life. Uh, but I now, I love me some Popeye's. So I got some Popeye's. He got me Subway because he knows I love Subway. I got some Subway coupons. Uh, he even got a Whataburger coupon. A couple Whataburger coupons now. I think I lost one. Damn it. Yo, Dimata, those were some of the kindest, nicest, and most thoughtful things, dude. I really, really do appreciate that. And you. And and y'all, Dimata's been rocking with me since since the get going from the jump, man. And I, I appreciate him to death. He's always gives gives the coolest stuff. When Joel and Nick and I were doing the show, he would always have stuff sent to the station that was thoughtful and kind and neat or cool. I mean, I got all kind of Star Wars. I always wanted a Bubba Fett as a kid. Dimata got me a Bubba Fett. It's just badass, man. I just, I love you to death, Dimata, man. Thank you so much. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. From the bottom of my congested heart, thank you so much. Dimata coupon clipping for B.O. I love it. Are you fucking kidding me? That is badass. I loved it. Uh, What is this? Oh, CC. CC said... <laughs> CC, yeah, he should be a double VIP. I wish there was a thing. Demata, nice cough. June thirteen, cough. <laughs> Where's the liquor though? I know, I know, I know. I got, I gotta go get the shots. We gotta, we're gonna do shots because we have birthdays coming up next. But I had to say thank you to Demata and thank you guys for the hype train. Joe Hernandez. God damn it! What is that? Joe Hernandez. I get you. I did. I think. Thank you for the hundred biddies, my friend. Oh, Quimby said Demata sent me the Congo movie. I know he does all kinds of cool shit like that. I'm telling you, Demata's the nicest guy. Very thoughtful. By the way, Hype Train, zero subs, 1,323 bits. Man, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you on that. Okay. D, uh, what is it, Day One Donna? You know he's against that. Who's against that? What? 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 Where's the liquor, though? For who? Demata? Uh, Nick said Popeyes weren't everywhere uh, like they are now. Easy to sleep on. But I mean, even when we had one right down the road, I would eat it. I was like, eh. Somehow, though, now I fucking love me some Popeyes. Okay. More to do. We've got, uh, I got the anniversary out of the way. Star Wars Day. Dmoda's gifts. Um, let's do some birthday shots. Hold on. I need a, I need like a little sounder for shots, huh? Right? Yeah. I kind of do. I need some sounders for shots. <clears throat> I'm not doing a shot per birthday, by the way. That's, that's not happening. I'm doing one shot for these birthdays. And that's it. Uh, now, 
<clears throat> we have a few birthdays. One, we know it's Lil Uzi Uzi's birthday. Lil Lil Uzi, I think is what y'all called him in the chat. Yeah, it's Lil Lil Uzi's birthday. So happy birthday to Lil Lil Uzi Vert. Also very special happy 18th birthday to Isabella Finley, um, who is the stepdaughter of Black Sheep. And I don't even know if Black Sheep is here, but he brought this up and asked about it. And if he's not here, God damn it, Black Sheep, I'm going to slap the fire out of you. Uh, but happy birthday to Isabella and also happy birthday to my girl, Dora Gonzalez. Dora, sweetie, I love you to death. Thank you so much for rocking with me, man. I hope you have a great day, Dora. I hope you get a, a hand job or roadhead or whatever it is you're into. Uh, cheers. Happy birthday to all three of you. I hope you all have great days. Cheers. Ah. Uh. Oh boy, uh, man drink. Ah, shit. Ah, it's good. I'm cool. I'm okay. Oh yeah, and a dollar uh, and a dollar bill for New Year's. Oh, he did. He gave us uh D Model one time gave us silver notes. Have you ever heard of silver notes? It was like a, a two dollar bill that had like silver in it or something. And he gave me and Joel a silver note. What the fuck a dollar is, or a, a, I think it's a dollar or two dollars. I still have it. It's in an envelope in my closet. It's super badass. Dimana does some dope ass shit. I ain't gonna lie. Dimana does some cool ass shit. Popeyes is so inconsistent, but when it's on, it is. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good indeed. All right, so happy birthday to everybody. Um, anniversary is out of the way. Star Wars is out of the way. Dimana's generosity is out of the way. Last thing before we get to the sports headlines and get rolling on this show, because we're already way behind because of your tomfoolery and shenanigans in the chat. Uh, God damn. I wonder how many Dora the Explorer jokes she's heard the last 15 years. You know, she hates that, right? I mean, she's like, oh, very funny. It's like me with a Barry Manilow joke. It's like, oh, super original. Did you just make a Barry Manilow joke? Oh, that's super fucking funny, man. No one's ever done that. It's like I always tell you guys, whatever joke you think of first, probably not funny. Unless you're CeCe. Hers are pretty goddamn funny. CeCe's really funny. So y'all need to get on CeCe's level. Some of you. Not all of you. Most of you. Okay, all of you. Uh, Hey, what's up, Stevie Bonds? Yeah, man, you know. You know how we do. On, you know, like one day a week, Wednesdays, and that's pretty much it. I think you should invite Dino Otto over to share some Whataburger with you. No. I don't think so. I don't think we need to do that. No, not, not, in, not in a bit. Now, we have some serious uh, shit to discuss, chat. We have some serious things to discuss, show. Rob is just trying to get kicked off of his interview before it ever happens. Just trying to get kicked off of his interview. FJ Jimenez said it's my birthday too, hence the 504. I forgot to tell Jen when I signed up for Patreon. No shit! This is why you guys have to tell Jen what your birthdays are. God damn it, Mr. Jimenez. <sighs> well, I'm not doing another shot, buddy, but I'll look, I'll toast this Diet Coke for you because I love you. Happy birthday to you. I thought 504 just meant you was from New Orleans. Because that's what that is too. But homie, man, I hope you have a great birthday. I hope you get roadhead or a hand job or whatever it is you're into, man. Seriously. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Jen said, I have you down for next year, FJ. There you go. 
then happy birthday to you. Cheers, buddy. All right. Now, well, that's a lot of birthdays. Whoever writes for Total Dallas is pretty funny, too. No. No. No, that's no. No, no, no. They create Chris Reyes get banned on Podbean. He hasn't been around. No, he's busy. He's very busy. Hey, what's up, D-Mac? What's up, D-Mac? I was uh I was telling Chris Reyes how uh you were you were like clamoring to be to be uh chatted with and you but I didn't look. And he was like, I was like, D Mac was freaking out yesterday on Podbean because I forgot to look over there. And he's like, look at the goddamn chat, Barry. And I forgot. But D Mac, man, I love you, buddy. Thank you for being here as well. Uh Tulian, what's up? I was on Astros Radio AM, done with ESPN Radio. Fuck them guys. All right, Eric, I feel you. Um, he said he still listens to John Lance. I figured. That's all right. That's what's up. I love me some John Lance. Uh, what's up, Tulian? How are you? Uh, so, yeah, if y'all want to listen and can't watch Podbean, download the app. Look for Barry on Deck. I put the live audio out there so you can literally listen live. And they say it sounds amazing. It sounds better than your radio in your car. So drive around and listen to me instead. Okay, cool. Now, can we finally get to the last thing I need to discuss before we do the sports headlines? Please, because we're literally 20 minutes until the top of the hour, and then Jerry Wayne joins me. So here's the deal. I am thinking about a schedule change. I know. Um, After doing the three-hour shows last week, I kind of dug the vibe of the three hour show. I did. I just, I thought it was cool. Uh, I was a little more relaxed. We were able to have more fun and bullshit and we could get to more stuff. So I'm thinking about doing three hour shows, but it might change the schedule. No, God, no, not eight to five. What? No, no. Three hour shows. So I am considering going from moving the show back an hour and instead of starting at two o'clock, we'd start at one o'clock. I don't want to go until five. I already do that on Thursdays and it's like, uh, I lose like the whole night is fucked. If I go till five, I really like ending it at four. It works. Um, so I'm thinking about doing one to four Monday through Thursday. Now what I'm on the fence about is what we would do on Fridays. Demata and Joe Pro, in completely different circumstances, not copying one off the other, but both had the same suggestion that uh, I do three-hour shows Monday through Thursday and just take Fridays off. And that is a real consideration for me and for the show right now. So I don't know yet what we'll do. Um, it's possible that Monday through Thursday would be one to four and Fridays would still be 11 to one. It's also possible that, uh, Monday through Thursday would be one to four and I would just take Fridays off and do my TV biz and knock out my social media posts and anything else that I need to get taken care of. So it would still be an extra two hours of show per week. I would still do the extra private hour for the Patreon members on Thursdays. So it would be four hours on Thursdays instead of three. 
But that's the consideration that I'm at right now. I'm curious um, how many of you, how many of you like the idea of, of three hour show? I mean, uh, don't, I think a lot of you said yes, but who's opposed to three hour shows? Anybody speak in the chat, just say, I don't like it because, but then you got to give me a reason. Don't just say you don't like three hour shows. But tell me why you wouldn't like three-hour shows. Also, anybody going to be extremely upset if we don't do shows on Fridays? Now, I would only not do a show on Friday if we do three-hour shows Monday through Thursday. That's the only way. So, uh, what's up, Christy? How are you, sweetie? Selfishly, I like three-hour shows and Friday, but wouldn't be mad if you took off on Friday. Okay, fair enough, Jerry Taylor. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the honesty. Why not two to five? I just don't like five o'clock. I don't want to be done at five o'clock. I already, like I said, I already do that on Thursdays. I don't like being done at five o'clock. I like being done at four. I do post-show stuff. And I just, it, it just, for my schedule, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want to be on air every day until five o'clock. So one to four makes a ton of sense. Uh, Virginia, but we said, honestly, I have another girl from one to two. Okay. I mean, listen, you got to do what you got to do, fam. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you, you're, a, you're an adult and you are certainly free to go where you wish and listen to who you want. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you to not. I mean, yeah, would I love to have you from one to four? Absolutely. We've been a couple now for almost two straight years, but you know, if you need to, if you need to go to somewhere else, I get it. It's fine. Do your thing, player. Take Fridays and chill with the wife. Well, she's not here. She's not here. Uh, so it wouldn't be, it would just be me having the mornings off. Cause I still have to shoot the TV show on Fridays. That'd be the only real advantage is that usually on Fridays, I'm just fucking exhausted. Cause I'm scrambling to get this done and get to there. Biggie said, I'll, I'll tune in after two. Yeah, I realize some of you are going to go other places. I, I get that, but I can't make a decision on my show based on another show. I, I just can't do that. That's dumb business. And, and to be quite honest with you, I've worked around and I've helped a ton of people out as, since I started this two years ago. I mean, I was literally one of the only folks that you guys knew that was doing this two years ago. And I've, I've helped a lot of people. And I think I've introduced you guys to a lot of communities. And if you would rather be with those communities, I say, go be with them, go join them. That's fine. That's why I introduced and tried to introduce as many of you guys to as many of these folks as I could. I, I, I believe there's enough room for all of us. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep making decisions to make other people happy or to benefit other people's shows or other people. I have done that and I won't keep doing it. I have to literally do what I think is best for this show. And me. And me. Uh if you take Fridays off, then I will take Fridays off. Well, there you go. So yeah, I and and you know. I get it. I get it, Biggie. Do your thing. Um, we can't have both. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm just not going to work my schedule around another show right now. I'm just not, I'm just not going to do that. That's how, that's how this whole thing started. 
I mean, I was being the nice guy with ESPN thinking that I might go back later. So I did my show between two and four because that's when they were going to have national programming. That's how this whole fucking thing started me doing two to four. Because I was trying to play nice for ESPN. I mean, just, I'm not going to do that anymore. As much as I have tried to in the past, not going to happen. Try and see what happens. I mean, look, yeah. That's the thing. I, if I do it, if we're just, I'm going to do it. I don't want to just do a trial. Because we did a trial last week. We did several three-hour shows. I dug it. It was a lot of fun. That first hour, lots of fun. Uh, Fridays, I miss most of the show because it's lunch. I usually run errands. See, that's weird, uh, FJ, because I kind of thought uh, lunchtime, like 11 to 1, which we talked about, Jen and I talked about moving the show at one point to 11 to 1, Monday through Friday. Because my thought process was, oh, well, everybody's free during lunch. You would think numbers would go up. But I don't necessarily know if that's the case. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's weird. But I, I would think more people would be listening during their lunch break. But that didn't seem to be the case. I think more people listen at home or at, at in their office or wherever. Um, let's see. So Thursdays will be thirsty Thursdays. Two more, two or more shots per show. God, no, no, Ivan, not Thursday. It'd be four hour Thursdays. Well, that would be, it's gonna be a long day. I'm definitely not drinking uh, a lot on Thursdays for sure. Uh, you can watch other shows on replay. Yeah, exactly. Joel. Dance with who brung you, right? Joel gets it. Thank you, buddy. I love you. Appreciate you. Mimi says it's time for you to think about you. Thanks, sweetie. Um, I also like the five-day shows because it gives me something topical to listen to every day. With summer here, I won't be catching shows live off the... Damn it, Jared! Why not? Uh, we missed you live, buddy. Do what's best for you, Barry. Skip Friday so you can focus on TV and possible gigs. Thank you, sweetie. Uh, I like the two-hour days, but three gives you time to get all the get off the rails and get back to business. True that. True that. True that. So you do like two-hour shows. Okay. Love the three-hour shows. It's not. I think regular Coke is better. Okay, we're not talking about that. Don't give a shit. If it means more Barry, then yes, I'm for it. Ah, you're so sweet. Are you going to do a poll or are you already set? Uh, are you going to do a poll? I, I don't know, uh, CC. I, because, and, and let me just be real honest. I think a lot of you would vote for it not starting at one or not, you know, because it interferes with odd takes. And I, I don't, I love those guys. Ask Jerry. I'm the one that got Jerry going in this. I sat down with Jerry for fucking hours. And that chair right there, I was on the phone with him. And coached him on how to do everything. Literally, the equipment to get, how to do it, what to do. Right? But, um, I mean, I so I I I feel like I, I don't I don't know I don't I gotta do what, what what's best for this show, is what I'm saying. You know, and it's not that I. I have anything against, I, 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 I help those guys and I will, will help those guys. I'm working on some stuff behind the scenes for those guys. They're going to allow them to make money. But at the same time, this is Barry on deck, not odd takes and Jerry Bow and Aaron Rabel and Barry on deck. I got to worry about my show. Just like they got to worry about those show. 
So, uh, yeah. Strange because I like Pepsi. Okay, I like the idea of third hour being something special, but you know I'm down for whatever. Right, but we would still have the fourth hour would be the special hour now, Jen. I would still do, I, I would do a normal three-hour show on Thursday and then still do four to five on Thursdays for the private hour. But I see what you're saying, too. Indeed. Barry in South Carolina, main sports show on radios come on three to seven. Yeah, that's weird, but that's drive time. Here's the thing, TS, the, like, the, since this is Twitch and it's internet-based, we don't get a lot of people listening in the cars. That's also why I had Podbean, because people can't watch while they drive around. So while that's a radio schedule, a radio schedule and a Twitch schedule, I've learned, is completely different as far as how you program the shows. So, um, yeah. I, I, I get it. I mean, we when I was on radio, we were one to four, and it was kind of considered drive time because that first, our last hour was like the first hour of drive time, three to four, but we were still a midday show, but they, the drive time show was four to seven. So yeah, drive time, but it doesn't matter. What's up, Mark? Thanks for being here, buddy. Oh, Nick, I love you, buddy. Thank you, man. He said, I don't like the other shows. I'm pretty much a BOD only guy. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I'm again, I don't want you guys to not like the other shows. I, I don't, I don't, I want you, Nick, to go watch Kyle and, and Josh and um, Odd Takes and, and Jerry and Aaron. And I mean, I, I do. I want you to support all those ones. This is why I, that's why y'all know me. I'm a rising tide raises all ships guy. I'm, I'm help anybody and everybody. But I will admit it has had an impact on this show helping other shows. It has. 100%. If we're being honest, and some of you guys admitted in the chat, you like that show from one to two, you'd rather be there than here. I get it, but that is also a detriment to the show. So at the end of the day, I just have to make a decision that's going to be best for me and, and Barry on day and growing this whole thing. Um, Christy said 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. I mean, that's a little much. We could just put like a 24-hour webcam in the bedroom. You could just listen to me snore and fart all night. So, uh, Jen C. Uh, Alex said, yes, Jen. Uh, not a uh, odd taste guy. Do what you do. I don't uh, tune in. So, BOD is a priority. Thank you, Shelters. I do want the hour three on Thursdays to stay what it usually is. Oh, it totally would. 100%. It would be hour three, hour four, hour three, right? Okay. However we say that. My drive to work is boring. How about five to eight? No. Uh, whatever the changes, please focus on not making changes every few months. Consistency is key. I, and I agree with you, Walt. And I like to think that I have been the absolute model of consistency over two years. I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that we know in these circles that has been as consistent in doing this as me. I go live every day at two o'clock, two o five. You guys like to fuck with me, but you know, if if you know, you know. I feel like I've been extremely consistent outside of the change from YouTube to Twitch, which I should have did a long time ago. But I feel like I've been the model of consistency on this show. Um, I haven't changed. I mean, say for a few weird circumstances like last week, but I've not changed the show. Everybody knows this show is two to four. Anybody that knows about this show knows two o'clock. 
So, um, yeah, but I, I understand what you're saying and I, I, I agree with it, but I just, you know, I'm acknowledging it, but I, I feel like I've been pretty consistent since May 11, 2020. I mean, we're approaching 500 episodes in two years. That's pretty good. There's a lot of fucking podcasts that have been around for a decade that haven't done 500 episodes yet. And a lot of folks that their schedule week to week as they stream games and sports and it fluctuates and they don't even do sports. They some, you know, and I'm not knocking any of that. I mean, I know two Pete and Kyle do that. Now I, that's their thing, but I am consistently a sports and entertainment show two to four for the last two years, but I just feel like it's time to maybe grow a little bit. There's a lot of like real, um, technical shit behind it too. Right. So for, for example, um, being on longer, actually the algorithm doesn't even recognize a lot of shows for the first 60 minutes or so on Twitch. So the longer you're on, apparently the more likely you are to be bumped up or promoted or be suggested to other people that are looking for stuff. So that's why they say um, the minimum you should stream on Twitch when you go live is two hours. So, uh, BOD over everybody. Love you, buddy. Thank you. I just learning how to do stream sports show, but I don't want steps on the show that I like to watch. Yep. Jabo and AA Ron are good people. Great people. Great people. Great people. Uh, yeah, I, no, I totally agree. I'm proud of you, Barry. You're finally not being humble and thinking of yourself for once. It feels weird, Amos. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of feel like an asshole. I've kind of feel like an asshole. I really, I was like, Oh man, this is going to be different, but yeah. Um, uh, you should just open BiffNet Studios and bring the other shows in. That's long-term goals. I've actually talked to Tooth Pete about this. And, uh, yeah, if you could try some night streams or weekend streams, you would be surprised. I don't know about doing this at night, talking sports. I don't know. But maybe, maybe, because every time I look to raid somebody after this show, there's nobody on talking sports. No, oh, let's see. Death to the other shows. No, not death to the other shows, Sean. Although I love you for having my back, but no. Oh, I just see uh, what's changing. Oh, Mark, I was just talking about going from three hour shows, one to one to four now, instead of two to four, possibly. And then maybe, maybe no shows on Fridays. DJ Maddie, thank you for the twenty three bits, buddy. Hope you're good. Good to see you back. Like the time changes and platform changes in less than two years is mainly what I'm talking about. I think you got to experiment though, man. A lot of people that I talk to, you know, it's they, you got to figure out what works and you know, that YouTube consultant that I hired, he's like, why do you go live at two o'clock every day? Why'd you, why two o'clock? Why'd you choose that? I was like, I don't know. And this was back when numbers were dipping and nobody was, subscribing. I wasn't getting any new views. It was just the hardcore deckheads and that was it. And he was like, why, why two o'clock? I was like, I did that because the radio station I used to work at had national programming and I didn't want to step on any local toes and make the listeners have to choose between me and another show. So I did two to four so that everybody was happy. He was like, yeah, well you don't work there no more. It's like, fuck. So I don't know. I guess I'm going to disagree with you vehemently on this one. Walt. Wow, Nick, that is crazy. That shit did fly by. 
Prepping for tomorrow, I see. Who? Happy Whiskey Wednesday. Yeah, and May 4th. Uh, I just got off having tacos and margaritas. Well done, Mark. Uh, what is this? LOL going from one to four potentially. Okay. All right. All right. I think we're good. God, I can't believe it's three o'clock and we're just now starting this. All right. Here's your sports headlines for the day. The Astros' Dusty Baker has become the first black manager to win two thousand games Astros getting the big win last night against Seattle and uh yeah now the 12th overall to do it who are the 12 this is easy making a three-hour show yeah see if three-hour show today would be perfect who are the 12 managers to have 2,000 Wins. That's a lot of wins when you think about it. Everywhere he's gone, he's he's managed for what? Five teams? That's 400 wins a, a team? That's a lot. Let's see here. Dusty Baker has, as a manager, one, two, three, four, five teams. So he's averaged about 400 wins everywhere he's gone. A lot of teams don't win 100 games. You figure, if you know, on average... The average manager might win 80. So what's that? What's the, what is my gazentas? 80 gazenta 2000, 25 times. Why did I do that? I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense. I don't even know why I did that calculation. <laughs> Uh, let me find, let me find all the managers, uh, MLB managers by wins. I want to see who has the others. All right. So Dusty Baker sits at 2000. He is 12th on the list and wins. He passed Casey Stingle, who is 13. He is right behind Bruce Bochy, who is 11 on the list with 2003. Leo DeRocher is 2008 wins and sits at number 10. So Dusty Baker definitely going to be top 10 winning manager of all time in baseball before the season is over with. And hell, I'll even say he'll be top nine because Walter Alston has 2,040 wins and Dusty only needs 40 more to catch him. Done deal. So Dusty Baker will be the ninth most winningest manager in baseball by the end of the season. Ahead of him? Joe McCarthy with 2,125 wins. Bucky Harris with 2,158. Sparky Anderson with 2,194. Joe Torrey with 2,326. Bobby Cox, famed Atlanta Braves manager, 2,504. John McGraw with 2,763. Tony La Russa, 2,830 wins. And then the all-time winningest manager in baseball history. Anybody know? Can anybody guess? Can anybody guess the all-time winningest manager in baseball history? Go ahead, name it, say it. Who you got, chat? Uh, let's see. This is uh, anybody know? Nope, not Tommy Lasorda, but DJ Maddie. That's a good guess. That's a very good guess. Tommy Lasorda is twenty-second on the list. Anybody know? Lou DeRocher. Nope, already named him. He was 10th on the list. Dusty's going to pass him. But he is 10th on the list. Pretty good guess, though. Joe Torrey, another good guess. Joe Torrey is... 5th on the list. 
Uh, Larry Durker. Nope. Total Dallas, not Larry Durker. Who's the drunk guy? That's a lot of them. That's a lot of them. I don't think anybody's going to get this. If the Astros don't win the World Series, does he come back? Yeah, for sure. Not Pete Rose. Nope. Uh, not Larry Durker. Not Babe Ruth. Um, Sean said, I've never heard of him. You don't even know who the hell we're talking about. Saw this list earlier, so I'd be cheating. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for not cheating. I appreciate that. The answer is... Connie Mack. Good old Connie Mack. How do you not know good old Connie Mack? Oh, Connie Con. Oh, Connie Con Con. Con Con Con. Oh, Maggity Mack Mack. I don't know. I didn't even know Connie Mack played baseball, but apparently he did. Had a 245 batting average, five home runs. Damn, he had five home runs in, he played uh, three, four, five. He played 10 years. He had five home runs. Weak nut. As a manager, though, he managed from 1894 to 1950. Holy fuck shit. 56 years as a manager. That's wild. And oh boy, he had some eyebrows. Oh, let's see. This is uh this is Connie Mack right here. In case you're in case you're wondering, in case you're like me and you're like, I never heard of it. There you go. There's Connie Mack. Donna's like, Connie Mack. Who the fuck is that guy? Exactly. <laughs> Walt, no, Walt. Stop making up. Stop making up facts. Walt said, fun fact, Mattress Mac's dad. No, it's Mattress Mac's great, great grandfather. This is old sleeping bag Mac. Yeah, that's, that's how far this goes back. This old sleeping bag Mac. Connie sleeping bag Mac. Okay, that's not that's not true at all. Celio said, where is eyeballs? That's a good question. It does look like he doesn't have any any eyeballs, right? What's up, Big Mike? How are you? Welcome to the program. Uh, we were just talking about sports headlines. Dusty Baker, the winningest black manager. Uh, in history, first it reached 2,000, uh, 12th overall, and will probably be top nine by the end of the season. Nick Gamboa said he's the eyebrow champ. Pretty good. Pretty good. I was, by the way, I was like, after the haircut today, I was looking at my eyebrows. I was like, I think I need to trim my eyebrows. I definitely don't want to be a super weirdo old man with the big eyebrows guy. I'm all, I'm already kind of there. Look, look, hold on. You see, like, I'm. They're kind of bushy. Like if I if I just do like, oh man, yeah, they're they're kind of bushy. I got to do something about them for sure. So, um, all right, here's the rest of your sports headlines. Uh, the Seahawks are going to face the Bucks in Munich, first NFL game in Germany ever. Going to go down November 13 between the Bucks and the Hawks. Uh, also, there's still going to be games played in um, no, uh, uh, London and in Mexico City. So, ear hair is worse. Oh, I have plenty of ear hair as well. Plenty of ear hair. Hate it. Hate it to death. I still love Dusty for being essential and putting together the Cubs team that eventually won the World Series. Yeah, Dusty didn't get enough credit in Chicago for what he did. He was just, he was, you know, 
ostracized for apparently wearing out the arms. He ruined Mark Pryor. And uh, what was the other dude? Oh, what was his name? It was Mark Pryor. Mark, you know. Who was the other great pitcher that Dusty, they said, wore out besides Mark Pryor? But they said he, they, he ruined Mark Pryor. That's his... That's his legacy, anyways. Yes, thank you, Kerry Wood. Thank you, Alex. Well done, Alex Villanueva. Alex knows the shit. Heck yeah! The hell was that? Dave! Peepy Dubs, thank you for subbing! Three months. She said, why the hell do I have to resubscribe every month? This is bullshit. I don't know. I don't know if you can automate that. I think you can if you like go to the sub and say yes, just re-up it automatically. I think it's a setting somewhere for sure. 99% sure. Uh, what a fun picture to watch. Who? Yeah, Carrie Wood. Boy, he fucked the Astros up. It was Carrie Wood like as a rookie that the Astros ended up getting. He's like struck out like 20. He had like 20 strikeouts in a game against the Astros. It was awful. Carlos Zambrano was fun too. Yeah, he was. Cubs had a damn good squad back then. And Dusty was there. What's up, Robert and Tombo? Good to see you, buddy. What's up, Celio? He said, got to get that man a World Series to go with those wins. Amen, fam. I really want Dusty to get a World Series. So bad. So bad. Because right now he's talked about like Walt talks about Mike D'Antoni. Ah, Dusty can't win the big ones. Well, it ain't that fucking easy. And he's not a bad manager, just like my argument for Mike D'Antoni. When you it, you win 2,000 games in the game of baseball, yeah, there's longevity involved. We saw that with Bill Fitch in basketball. But he's also a good manager. There are plenty of guys that have managed as long as Dusty and didn't do well. So, uh, Man, this new Twitch thing is weird. There's a way to highlight certain messages. It's pretty crazy. Uh, all right, back to our headlines. Uh, sources are saying that the Browns are set to add Catherine Raich, Eagles VP of Football Operations, to their front office. The current Browns GM was with the Eagles. And so I think, that, I don't know if I said that right. Raich, Reiki? I don't know. Raichi? I don't know how you say it. Uh, but they're adding her, Catherine Raichi, or however you say it, to the front office. So good for the Browns. She's already the highest paid female front office worker in the NFL. She is the uh, executive vice president of football operations for the Eagles currently. So she'll be moving to the Browns. Lastly, Lee Westwood has requested release to play in the Saudi back to golf event. We mentioned a little bit of that yesterday with Greg Norman saying that um, lefty's comments scared everybody away. So I think Lee Westwood's trying to prove a point like not everybody, Pally, not everybody. So he's looking to get over there and play. All right. There's sports headlines. Now, let's talk a little bit. I mean, we didn't we didn't get to much NBA yesterday. And uh, what was I say? I ended up having to do it on desktop, but it let me resubscribe on my phone. Okay. They manage. Altuve to a foul tip through the grapes and had to leave the game. Oof! Damn it! A foul ball to the balls. That's not good. Oh, that's right. The Astros are playing right now, aren't they? Let me pull up Fubo. No, I don't want to slow the stream down. Uh, this ain't a side cast. I'm doing my show. Uh, by the way, did we ever get did we ever get anybody to win those tickets? Uh, Chris Mina was giving away tickets to the Astros game today. I never heard from him. I also forgot to check because, you know, mornings are busy. I hope we got rid of him. I really do. 
Uh, Charles said on desktop because the phone won't let me. Yeah, you may have to do it on desktop. Hold on. Let me see here. I mean, this show's so off the rails. We're hardly doing any sports. Lil Uzi, you got your wish. Lil Uzi was like, no, I want all bullshit today, no sports. So fucking here we are. All bullshit today. Yeah, I don't know how to. I have to Google it or I don't know. I'll, yeah, I'll Google it. I'll try to find it and post it in Discord. I think that's why Ponch isn't in today's chat. But yeah, he's at the game. Yeah, I think that's why we didn't have a Whisker Wednesday because I think Katie went to the game and I never got a Whisker Wednesday from her for a special pal. So everybody's taking a getaway day. I don't, I ain't, I ain't mad. What's up, Alan Dinson? Good to see you, buddy. Sean Hates Stuff said, do baseball managers really do anything? And it's a great, I mean, as much as Sean's a hater, this is actually a really good question. Do baseball managers really do anything? <sighs> baseball managers are responsible for surprisingly few wins or losses during a season. Their job, as the name implies, is to manage the game. They manage the rotation. They manage the lineup. They manage the bullpen. What the field does. You have hitting coaches. You have pitching coaches. You have bench managers. They're kind of, that's why they call them the skipper, right? They're just kind of overseeing things. But there are certain times throughout the season when a manager might make a bad decision or a genius decision that wins or loses them a game. But I think that the consensus is that a manager is going to be responsible for a couple of wins and a couple of losses every season. And that's it. There's not a ton of strategy in that it's not play calling, right? Um, now, you may have some defensive shifts or philosophies on how to approach the game or approach hitters or approach a team. A lot of it will be in-game decision-making like, hey, do we want to squeeze right here? Do we want to steal? Do we want to hit and run? Some of that. And some of that can't win or lose you a game. A lot of it is just having the right people in the right place at the right time. Um, so, yeah. What's up, Stephen Luther? He said, I'm late, but I made it. You're never late if you're here, buddy. Appreciate you. <laughs> Rob, thank you for the bits, buddy. Rob sent in 300 bits and said, please, no basketball playoffs talk. And we got to a little bit, just a skosh, just a skosh. What's up, beer man, Greg? AJ didn't manage Cole correctly, and the Astros lost the World Series. Also, though, you got to remember, managers can only do so much. Those guys still have to go out and perform. You know? I mean, when a team doesn't hit, whose fault is that? Is that the manager's fault? It's not the manager's fault if Altuve struggles at the plate. What are you going to do? Give him a day off? Moving down in the lineup, but at the end of the day, can't really control that. That's up to Altuve. I think of the three major sports, basketball, baseball, and football, a baseball manager is the least important to his team. If we had to rank them, uh, Beer Man Greg said, I think baseball coaches are damn near pointless at the pro level. Now, there's a difference. If you call a manager a coach, they get super offended. I know because we accidentally called AJ Hinch that one day and he didn't like it. Okay, sorry. But I, I point taken. 
I would say that the most important coach. I would I would agree with you, Beer Man Greg. I would go basketball and then football and then baseball as far as managers slash coaches. Now, you know, the reason I put football second is you got coordinators that are responsible for a lot of that stuff on most teams. Some teams, the head coach is also the play caller. So that would individually, they would be more important. But I, I agree. I think basketball, the most hands-on, drawing up plays. Yeah, they've got bench coaches and defensive specialists and all that stuff. But head coach and basketball, way more important to me. With basketball, if you don't have talent, it don't matter. True that, true that, true that. Hockey by a lot, but you Southerners just don't know. Dude, hockey's just luck. That's like soccer. Hockey coaches and soccer coaches matter way less than basketball. They don't do shit. There's no reason for them to be out there. What plays? Stop it. Stop it. Wallace said there's way more coaching in football. Done by a ton of assistants. Like the head coach is responsible for making sure that the OC and the DC are managing and doing. And then you've got positional coaches and this, that, and the other. We're talking strict, excuse me, strictly about the head coach, the manager, not the, not the supporting cast. Uh-oh, we got hockey fights going on. Go Avs. Go Avs. Fuck the Avs. Line changes. Oh, substitutions, you mean? Okay. Nets just proved you don't need a good coach to win. They didn't win. They, they, they didn't win. They got bounced. In baseball, the bench coach sometimes is the most important. Can be. Absolutely right. Can be. Uh, for sure. Uh, a coach had to come up with the flying V. Okay. Thank you for your Mighty Ducks reference. Uh, all right, somebody asked about this, so let's go ahead and do it. We didn't get to the playoff NBA playoff talk. I'm still waiting on uh, Jerry Wayne Longmire to join me. Let me make sure. Check my text here. Make sure he's he's okay. Not struggling. Uh-oh, what is this? Got hung up on some traffic, but uh, five minutes out. My gear's already set up. Okay, cool. So he'll be in a second. We're fine. That's good. This gives us uh this gives us time. So real quick, I just wanted to bring this up basketball-wise. We won't talk about the games for the playoffs right now. We just won't have time to get it until Jerry Wayne gets in. Uh, but they did give out, they've given out almost all of the awards. The only awards they haven't given out in basketball up to this point is MVP and Coach of the Year. But they've given out everything else. So your NBA Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes. Toronto, your NBA Defensive Player of the Year. We kind of knew that last week. Marcus Smart. NBA sixth man of the year is Tyler Hero. And your NBA most improved player is Ja Morant. And some folks had a problem with this. No, not today, Wallace. I wish. I got to go do yard work before it rains tomorrow. I got to go kill weeds. Story of my life. Um, LeBron James had a problem with... John Morant being named the most improved player. This is what he said on Twitter. He said, John is so damn tough. There's no way John should even have been in the most improved player talks. This guy is flat out star is a flat out star and always has been 
Real basketball minds know. Not the majority of dweebs who don't even watch basketball on those voting ballots. So LeBron uh, doesn't think that uh, Josh should have won the most improved player award. Now, if you don't know, I have this here. I have in my hand tonight's top 10 list. Uh, Here are your finalists. Let me pull this up here. You will notice some names missing. Here's your award finalist, in case you're curious. Your NBA Coach of the Year, Taylor Jenkins of the Grizzlies, Eric Spolster of the Heat, Monty Williams of the Suns. I'm actually good with any of those three, but if I absolutely, if I absolutely had to pick one, I'd probably go Monty Williams of the Suns. They just they were so dominant all year. They'd probably be my Coach of the Year. Um, there's your most improved: Darius Garland, John Morant, Deontay Murray. Uh, most valuable player. Here you go. John Morant, not in the final three. Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. Um, a lot of people think Jokic will be the winner of this. A lot of people feel like if Embiid doesn't get it this year, he may not get one. But it's tough, man. All three of those guys are worthy. I I love John Morant. The last two years has made me an absolute fan like a fan this this the shit this guy is doing on the court is ridiculous what's up Clarence so uh not in the running for MVP but do agree with LeBron he is a star and it's kind of weird to see him getting most improved player It's weird. I want to see what his numbers are. Let's. John Morant. Let's go see what his numbers were. Why is he the most improved? I feel like most improved is kind of disrespectful in that it's almost like what you're trying to say is that he's a breakout star. Most improved means like you kind of sucked and now you don't suck. To me, anyways, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not what it means at all. Hold on. Here is your pool was most improved. We knew Ja uh, would do what he's going to do, but he's like seven points behind, better than last season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Do the Pelicans regret that pick? Mm, yeah, that's what was Draymond's argument. What? Most improved implies that Jaw wasn't really good last season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're all on the same page, chat. We're all on the same page. But year one, Jaw was learning the NBA. He wasn't as explosive as he was last year and this year. He was still good. I mean, and he, the team wasn't as good either. But year one, you can see 67 games, played 31 minutes, averaged almost 18 a game. A little over seven assists, almost a steal a game. Shot 33% from three, 47% from the floor. Then year two, played in a few less games. It's okay. Shot 30% from the floor. Um, Same assist rate, same steal rate, a couple points better 
than he was last year, which, or the, the first year. And then last year was the big leap. It went from 19 a game to 27 and a half a game. Stills up to 1.2. Assists down a bit, but now he's getting his. I mean, look, somebody's got to pull him aside and say, bro, you just got to score, fam. What are you doing? Uh, shooting 34%, his best three-point percentage so far in his young career. Shooting almost 50% from the floor, which is great. Even if you're putting up almost five three-pointers a game, that's really good. So no doubt, Ja Morant, a tremendous season. And Wallace makes a great point. Somebody like a Brandon Ingram may, may be more deserving of most improved. To me, Ja, you don't call him the most improved. You call him a breakout superstar. That's what this was. This was the coming of age of Ja Morant. I think this was the NBA's way of saying, well, we got to give him something. What he did this year was just ridiculously amazing. Let's give him an award. All right, well, not most improved. That makes you feel like it's comeback player of the year or some shit. He didn't, he's not coming back. He's been here. So, and he did all that in 57 games. Played way less, numbers way up. Good for him. What did B-Han and say about Celio said B-Han in the NBA is trying to keep the NBA playoffs relevant without LeBron. And he said it has been boring. Oh, I don't know. Apparently, I missed a ton of shit last night. I didn't watch any. Um, trying to think what I'd do. Oh, I ran to the mailbox. I went grocery shopping, got home, cooked dinner for Nora and I. Uh, and then we watched a little Astros in bed and then went to sleep. Didn't watch any NBA because, again, I don't have TNT, raggedy hoes, for not being on FUBO. But apparently, it was quite the night in that Warriors game, in case you missed it. Uh, shit got a little heated, apparently. Draymond got elbowed in the eye and left, and people were cheering because he got hurt. And then he flipped him off, and now he's going to owe a fine. Uh, what else went down? Um, oh, uh. Dylan Brooks fouled Gary Payton the second so bad that he broke his elbow. Not his Dylan Brooks' elbow. Gary Payton uh the second broke his elbow out for the for the for the rest of the remainder of the playoffs, probably. Steve Kerr, I thought this was kind of interesting. Steve Kerr says, I don't know if it was intentional, but it was dirty. There is a code. This code that players follow where you never put a guy's season or career in jeopardy by taking somebody out in midair and clubbing him across the head, ultimately fracturing Gary's elbow. He broke the code. Dylan Brooks broke the code. Really? Because that's exactly what Draymond has done and does all the fucking time, Steve Kerr. What are you talking about, you goddamn hypocrite? How are you going to sit here? How are you going to sit here and say that when you've got one of the dirtiest, code-breakingest ass players on your team of all time, of the world, Craig? Get the fuck out of here, Steve Kerr. Oh, crybaby ass. Just because it happened to your team and it was a real injury. You telling me what Draymond Green did the other night couldn't have resulted in a significant injury? We've already lost Joel Embiid in the playoffs to a fractured orbital. That could have happened in that situation. He's dirty. So you know what? Suck it up, buttercup. Nobody's feeling sorry for you. Because you have literally one of the dirtiest, code-breaking-ass players on your team. This would be like fucking, be like, ah, 
You just can't be that aggressive. By the way, have you guys met my favorite player, uh, Pat Beverly? What the fuck, man? Uh, psh, the elbow injury was gnarly. I don't know about that code shit. F Steve Kerr on that. Oh, by the way, what's up, Katie? I didn't even say hello to you. Welcome, friend. Good to have you. We don't get you live very often anymore. I'm glad you're here. By the way, Katie, uh, daddy's back playing Warzone. Me, you, and uh, House and Walt need to run it back, fam. Uh, Katie said F Steve Kerr on that BS because he didn't have the same shit when Zaza hurt Kawhi. Oh, oh, preach on. Says says that while coaching Green. Yeah, ask Shaq how it felt. Yeah, what's up, Red Hulk? I just this is this is in bad taste. Steve Kerr just says needs to say something like, "Yeah, I didn't like it. We've been guilty of it. It's not good. It's not good for the game. I don't like it when Draymond does it. And I don't like it when Dylan Brooks does it. Maybe something like that. But like, you broke the code. Man, shut up. Oh, crybaby ass Steve Kerr. You broke the code. Uh, so that's NBA. And this is just, this is not a, uh, what's up, Titty Pookie? What's up, Truck Driver Pookie? Oh, all the way from the NO. You're 504 on 504. Okay. Okay, fam. Um, we'll do this video real quick. I think Jerry might be having problems. And I have plenty to get us through the end of the show if Jerry Wade can't join us. And that's fine. That's totes my goats fine. Oh, by the way, I didn't update you guys. I meant to one more update. I meant to uh, give you guys, and I kind of don't want to jinx it. Um, but I've been been trying like the Dickens to find a room to record my comedy album in <sighs> here in Houston, and it's been tough sledding for various various reasons. But I finally have a commitment from a a location, so. I have the room. Now we have to get a date. We've talked uh, June. I was out of town in Fort Worth on June, so couldn't do it that week that they had free. July 2nd is Nora and I's, uh, Nora's birthday. Couldn't do that. July 9th, we'll be on vacation. So maybe uh, maybe July 9 might be the album recording, but m- more than likely August September time frame. So we're just going to see what they have open. Uh, DJ Maddie saying Astros up 7-0. Red Oak said the next rule for NBA is personal space. Can't be within five feet, right? Like a, like a, like a strip club in Houston. Okay, here's the deal, guys. From now on, everybody has to have pasties on their nipples and a tag on your ankle. Okay? And then um, let's pull the shorts down some because your boys are falling out the bottom there. Jalen Green. And um, yeah, five foot rule. We don't want anybody getting boners or being sexual. It'd be super creepy. So don't do that. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, it's getting. Uh, bro, I'm telling you, I watched a highlight video from the 80s where, you know, fucking the Celtics and Lakers would play. It was literally half of them could have pressed charges for assault. These hoes is soft. Although a fractured elbow ain't shit. So, all right. He is here, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, look at that picture behind him. It is time. Uh, I promise you a guest every single Wednesday. I am excited about my next guest joining me on the program. He is, one, just a good dude. Uh, Get to hang with this dude a lot doing shows. 
and he's just a good hang and a good good human being. Uh, he's an even better comic, and uh, he does a lot of shit, and he's blowing up on TikTok. He's a he's a I hate to say this, he's probably gonna hate this, but he's a he's a social media star, guys. He's a he's an influencer. <laughs> I bet you feel so fucking dirty to be saying that, y'all. Please welcome to the program the hilarious and outstanding Jerry Wayne. Jerry Wayne, what's up, buddy? How are you? Not much, Bubba. What's happening? Coming in clear. Yeah, man, you sound good. Uh, Jerry Wayne Longmire, join me on the program. Excited to do this, man. It's been a long time coming. I don't know why I didn't think of this shit sooner. Like, we've been running in the same circles <laughs> now for a while. I was like, shit, I got to get him on. Hell yeah, hell yeah, man. This is uh, cool, man. So when I when I said you were joining me, first question from the chat was, does he, like, live in a Western movie? His Jerry Wayne Longmire <laughs> sounds like a Western. It is a very country name. I was like, just wait till you meet him. Well, I can tell you, uh, I I live in downtown Houston in a real fancy apartment complex in uh, in the Montrose, if you will. And uh, I'm a bit of an outsider; don't fit in great here. But uh, I I I lived out with my people, and I didn't like them either. So I was like, "Well, fuck it," you know. I'm I'm gonna go try something else. And uh, but I did spend today catching snakes. So there's that. What? Yeah. Uh, so Rachel's grandma has a property over off North Hardy Toll Road that we're getting cleaned up for sale. And I was raking leaves. And we take the kids over there every once in a while. And I was raking leaves. There's all the leaves. And boy, I found a snake every once So I was just killing snakes all day. <laughs> Damn. That's, yeah, yeah, that's some country ass shit. I'll, I get it too. We're up here. Uh, I'm on uh, 99 in Hardy. Oh shit, man! I rode you that far up. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. There's a shit ton of snakes. In fact, I was just working in the yard this past week and uh, little little uh, garter snakes. But yeah, we get we get the what is the ones that have the little Hershey's kisses? They tell you if you see a snake that looks like it has Hershey kisses on its back, that is a copperhead. Little yeah, copperhead. Don't, don't fuck yeah, with copperheads. Yeah. They're bad. Yeah, I, I've killed a couple of them over there. Mostly grass snakes and yeah. garter snakes, that kind of shit. You grass know, snakes yeah. and shit. Not too many. Now we lived up by the lake. We had to deal with water moccasins and crap all the time. Oh, which those are the ones that terrify me because they they can they can strike without coiling and they can strike in the water and boy, they're just mean little mamma jammas, you know. So yeah, I don't like messing with them. Have you ever held it? Are you you're scared of snakes? Are you uh, you scared of them? I don't like them. Um, I was pretty terrified of them when I was a kid, but uh, for years I had a business that um, repaired home foundations and raised and leveled houses. And so we'd have to crawl into those houses. And oh. so you just inevitably you run into a mess of them. And after a while, you kind of get over it, you know. Uh, I'm scared of After you hit your head on a house so many times trying to get away from one, you probably oh. just like... <laughs> Uh, let me let me see if he tries to get away from me first, which is Boom. most of the time with a snake. That's what they're doing, you know. Um, we uh, I I am um, I I knew I was scared of snakes, but I didn't know how much until one of the deckheads, one of the listeners, viewers of this program. She her name is Christy. She's a sweetie. She owns a couple of snakes. Like she has snakes. She's the snake lady. She's you know this crazy cat lady. She's the crazy snake lady. And she was like mm-hmm. Barry, how much would it cost me? How much would I have to pay you to hold a snake? I was like, no, I'm not. That's are you fucking crazy? She's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. I was like, well, fuck. That's a lot of money. And then I, I was like, all right, I'll donate it to charity. But dude, I freaked the fuck out. My heart was pounding. And when it fucking looked at me, yeah. it was game over. Cause it turned around. I was like, I was like, nope, fuck this shit. I'm out. I can't take this goddamn thing. But 
Everybody else loved it. I just couldn't do it, man. Fuck that shit. Uh-uh. No. Uh, my thing is heights. Heights is my thing. Well, Same. I, don't, I don't like being up high. I get white knuckle. I fell off a roof uh, back in 2015, broke everything on the left side of my body and Damn. fractured my skull. And uh, and I didn't like heights a whole lot before then. But when I drive over the, the, the damn, uh, what's that called? That, uh, that way? Ship Channel Bridge. Oh, yeah. White knuckle, baby. White knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the same way. Uh, I, don't, I don't like messing none of that. Heights scare me. I'm scared of I'm scared of bees. I mean wasps. I'm not scared of bees anymore for some reason. I'm definitely scared of wasps. Um, and really, Be, anything bees that flies, generally are trying to avoid. Yeah, they are. The bees are generally trying to avoid stinging you. Well, wasps are aggressive. They'll come after your ass. Yeah, yeah. They'll chase Wasp, you. <laughs> wasps are like uh, middle-aged white women. They they don't give a fuck. Yes, yes. <laughs> you want some of this? You want some? I'll give you some of this. Like, yeah, it's fucked up. Um, dude, let's talk. A, let's talk a little bit about this Dave Chappelle thing. I told you I would save it. A lot, a lot of folks were asking opinions on it and about what happened. I was like, oh, I gotta save it until Jerry Wayne's on. We're a couple of comedy dudes. We we could definitely talk about this shit. And for those of you that don't know, um, catch you up on it. Last night while performing at the Netflix is a joke comedy festival, Dave Chappelle on stage gets tackled. Like, speared like Terry Tate office linebacker speared on stage by what they find out later to be a guy that had a knife in the shape of a gun, by the way. Which seems... The gun knife. Fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was a knife in the shape of a gun. Thank God he didn't pull it out and stab Dave. Uh, But security got a hold of him, beat his ass, dislocated his shoulder. The picture of him on the stretcher. His arm is the wrong way. It's like it's forward, yeah. but it's backwards. It's all fucked up. I was like, "Ooh, I hope it was." Yeah, worth I saw it, Jamie Foxx jumped in the mix. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, Jamie Jock, Jamie Foxx is who tackled the dude first and got the dude down. I didn't know so that. Look at Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Dave Chappelle got on stage. He said, "You get in trouble." Jamie Foxx gonna show up in a cowboy hat. It's a new sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. But you know what? I told somebody that before. After the whole Will Smith uh, slapping Chris Rock thing, you know, people want to know. And I was like, look, there's kind of a code among comics, especially road comics. We we just, I, you and I might meet each other in fucking, let's say we go, we're at the Looney Bin in Wichita, Kansas. And you and I have never fucking met before, ever. You're from, you might be from New York. I might be from LA, but we're, let's say I'm, I'm hosting, you're featuring and whoever the fucking headliner is. And we're in the room, comedy is happening. And someone rushes the stage while the headliner's up there and starts trying to fight him. What are we both doing? It's all yeah, we're getting it's involved. Us, yeah. us versus them is how comics look at that. So that I think it's cool, but it doesn't surprise me that Jamie Foxx went out there and did that because that's how comics think when we're on stage, we're, we're a crew. Even though I don't fucking know you, I'll still fight for you. Jamie looks like he might could whoop some ass. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, he's from Terrell, Texas. I don't fuck with people from Terrell, Texas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's how I, I'm from Kilgore, and we don't mess with Terrell. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's some funny shit. Hey, Dr. Dre290, thank you for the 12 biddies, my friend. Very much appreciate it. Uh, so, I mean, it. I think the big question everybody asked or at least asked me or wants to know is like, as a comic, how does this make you feel? What are your thoughts? Are you nervous about performing? Uh, what are your, what, when you see this or you know that this went down last night, what, what do you think as a comic? 
What goes through your mind? Well, I, and how I, long have you been I in the game, by the way, Jerry? Tell everybody how long you've been doing this. Um, I originally started in 2004, and uh, I like 2005. I was working full time as a comic, and I did it till like 2013, and then I took a break for a couple of years and came back in 2017. Uh, but I, I, I had the benefit of, uh, I became friends with Ralphie May, like right off the bat. And he took me all around the place with him and I got to do a lot of great shows all over country and lived like a road dog for a little bit, you know, just driving, living in my car. And, uh, I mean, I've had, I had a, I had a dude, uh, rush a stage on me in Houston, Texas with a, with a guitar. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was, it was like one of those four foot high stages though. And I just grabbed that mic stand with that big old heavy steel bass. And I was like, and I, and I told him, I said, brother, I'm going to cave your skull in if you come up this month instead, you know, rethink this. He yeah. was all Xanax. Guy. He was all doped out. Didn't even really have anything to do with me. He was just doped out and looking, you know, acting a fool. And uh, he, I'm glad he, he thought about it. I saw the glimmer in his eyes and he looked at that yeah. mic stand. I was like, brother, I'm, I'm going to back your head in. It's going to look different now. Well, and uh, he didn't do it. You know, but I've seen it happen. I saw it happen at the last stop. I can't remember the dude's name, the comic, Brendan. I keep wanting to say Brendan Walsh, but that, that's a kid from 90210. Brendan Schaub, Brendan Schwab, some shit like that. I don't remember. Uh, maybe it was Walsh. I don't know. But uh, dude was on stage, and he was kind of a controversial dude anyways. And he had a heckler, and he sort of went after this heckler's wife, right? Oh. Yeah. And the language got real unseemly, and I think he called her the C word. <laughs> and her, this is Texas. Her old man jumped up on that stage, come after his ass. And I think part of that responsibility is on the comic. I mean, don't let your canary, don't let your alligator mouth overload your canary ass. You know what I mean, dude? This <laughs> right. is still Texas. This is still the Wild West, man. You can catch your ass open. Somebody you know, will if they don't come on stage, out. they might wait for you behind the club, you know? Oh, oh no. Yeah, I've told that story. You you weren't there. Uh, last night of the joke joint, I think it was last night, Juan Villarreal was there. And uh, this long story short, there was these dudes heckling. I didn't know they were gay. Uh, and then when I found out, there was two country dudes. I mean, redneck, country-ass looking dudes holding hands, jokingly. I was like, hey, if y'all going to fuck, go outside, but just do it quietly. They were like, yeah. they realized they're gay. I was like, I don't care if y'all suck each other's dick. Just do it quietly. <laughs> right. Okay. Fucking whatever. And then dad gets mad. It's like, that's my son. I was like, well, then you suck his dick, but y'all just shut the fuck up. Well, that was a huge, <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell a dad to suck his gay son's dick in Texas in Pasadena at the joke joint and just be like, oh, we're cool. Right. Uh, he stood up and he was a fucking mountain of a man. He goes, I'm going to beat your ass. I was like, well, fucking do it quietly. Cause you know where I work. Shut the fuck up. Like, just, like I just want quiet. I'm trying to finish this goddamn set. He waited for me for an hour and a half after the show. An hour What'd and a half. What'd you do? Just hang out there? <laughs> he, no, he backed his, they threw him out. He's walking off stage. He says, I'm going to wait in the park a lot and I'm going to beat your ass. I said, cool, wait quietly. Like, that was just my answer to everything. Fine, just shut the fuck up. Do whatever it is you need to do. Just do it quietly because y'all talk too goddamn loud. He got in his truck and backed it up. You know how the joke joint that the, when it was in its last incantation uh, before it moved. Um, but he backed his truck up to the door. And, and like, you know, in the, in the far part and put his headlights on the door and just fucking waited. They wouldn't let me leave. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck this dude. I'm not that scared. Shit. They wouldn't let me leave. So I was like, bro. You know, Juan, Juan pulls me aside, puts his arm around me. goes, bro, you 
you can't be telling people to suck their son's dick. I was like, well, I'm nah. a little caught up. Oh, one moment. got upset. Yeah. That was too much for one. Yeah. Fucking come on. <laughs> exactly. I didn't sell him a slip of paper, dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's that's hilarious. That shit it, was crazy. It kills me where everybody's line is. You know, we all got these different lines. That spell shit. I mean, I don't know that he was say I don't know what his set was about if he said something here. Sounds like that dude came prepared to get his ass. Like yeah. that dude was mad about some shit. Yeah, and somebody and, in the uh, chat said this, Jerry. Uh I'll put it on the and screen. He's got a gun slash knife, which makes me suspect he is with And how'd you get it in though? Like they take your fucking yeah. phones? There was video of it. Somebody snuck a phone in, but how? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so that's a that's a different ball game. I had a I had a scary moment one night, and uh, I used to when I when I very early started on. Uh, I was raised with this um, Mexican uh, Native American family here in Houston that taught me construction and shit. And I, I grew up with their kids and stuff. We were all like best friends, and so I used to tell a lot of stories about them on stage. I used to tell a lot of stories about the patriarch of the family we call Big Mike, uh, Big Mike Vargas, and uh, so I would tell all these stories about him on stage and everything, and. I was out in Roswell. I knew they were from New Mexico, but I just didn't dawn on me. I was out in Roswell, Texas one night, and I was doing a one-nighter uh, back in the day for like Rob Jenkins or something in this little bar. And I was telling all these stories, and there was a bunch of bikers, a bunch of uh, Mexican and Native American bikers in this bar. And they were laughing their ass off and shit. But then right after the show, they all single file went outside. And I went outside to smoke a cigarette. One of them grabbed me, yanked me around the corner. Oh, and they put me up against a wall and they sort of circled me and they're like, hey, man, what's all this shit you're talking about? Mexicans and just because you grew up with this Mexican family don't mean you can make these jokes. And, all this, and like, like, dude, we, we didn't really care for that. And I was like, I, I was like freaking out, dude. I was like, how am I going to get out of this damn situation? Uh, and finally, dude, the, the leader of them looks at me. He goes, hey, my name's Joe. I'm Big Mike's brother. He told us you were coming. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Yeah, you know, meanwhile, I'm at the hotel scraping the shit out of my drawers, you know, with a fucking spam can. <laughs> so fucking hilarious. Oh, that's some funny shit. You thought you were dead. You're like, okay, I fucked up. Uh, I, I, I thought my goose was cooked. These goddamn jokes ain't worth it. That is fucking hilarious. Uh, Heartthrob said, uh, Philip Barnard said, Barry had a guy waiting on him at a show in Tulsa earlier this year, too. Yeah, I've had several run-ins with, I mean, that's just, people get stupid. You always seem so I'm nice guy, to me. Why, what are you doing to people, Barry? I mean, like, dude, just pass out. You and me got a gig coming up. Now I'm concerned. We're going out to Low Meta. There's a lot of people pissed off in Low Meta. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least eight. <laughs> I, I, yeah I'll, I'll shut the fuck like i dude i got into it with a couple people this past saturday at hop scholar up here in spring like people just it's i don't know and i'm the kind of guy where i'm like I, you know what i'm not just gonna let you talk shit to me you might whoop my ass there's i'm not a great fighter but one who i'm not scared i'm not scared to fight drunk people first of all i will i don't give a fuck how big you are i'll fight a drunk person second of all um yeah i just i'm not gonna let you you know bully me and talk shit like no just it's not gonna happen but um, well i went to high school i went to high school in a leaf texas and i sounded like this and uh <laughs> so i've i've taken a number of ass whoopings you know what i mean i've taken a number of ass whoopings and the one thing i know about me is i probably take one more not you know? only was he i probably dead, got one more he in was me. also gonna and, need a uh, new act
What? Open mouth smile. What the fuck? Can you guys not send this shit while we're... Okay, I'll just turn <laughs> this shit off. I'm sorry, Jerry. So, uh, all I got, the only message I got, if anybody wants to get on stage, is fuck, I'll, I'll throw hands with you. We'll yeah. fucking, <laughs> I mean... One of us is going to... One of us getting an ambulance called. I don't know which one, but... We're going to certainly find out. But yeah, that's the thing. Is yeah. like, yeah, you might whoop my ass, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to let you punk me, especially in front of a room full of people. No, that's... No. I'll get my ass whipped in front of a room of people. I was at this bar called America Sports Bar in New Iberia, Louisiana one night, and I seen this little boy, uh, and he got in some shit with a couple of big old swamp boy. And uh they were there was some shit talking going back and forth and the old boy squared up on him and that, that little old dude looked up at him, he said, Let me tell you something. I, I know you're gonna whoop my ass, but I'm gonna put a scar on you somewhere. Ten years from now, when it's hard for you to get out of bed because your knee hurts because what I'm about to do, <laughs> you're gonna think about me the rest of your life. <laughs> Fuck! That's and, a- dude, that big, that big old dude kind of took a step back. He goes, "You ain't worth this shit." And he left, <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, bruh, hell that worked." <laughs> I'm writing that shit down. I got to use that next time. Oh, that's fucking, that's solid right here. You're going to think about me the rest of your life. (laughs) I think a lot of people think this is going to be like an ongoing issue. It's always been an issue. That's the thing, right? Like, dude, you've been in the game since 2004 or five, you said. I've only been around nine years, but this has always been an issue. As far as I remember, it's it's been a problem. I mean, there's a story about the famous. Mr. Andy Huggins has told me the story about Bill Hicks getting a microphone cut in uh, out there in uh, Baton Rouge. You yep. know what I mean? Like, it's yep. crap's always it's always better. There's always going to be some people who do not respond well to humor, and there's all there's some people that just don't get it. And I don't know why they end up at comedy shows, but they do. You uh, middle aged white women, but there is a lot of people. <laughs> Who struggle with sarcasm and comedy, like yeah. and just do not take a joke well, and they somehow end up at comedy shows. And then there's also a handful of comics that I think take shit too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's know? true too. There, there is such a thing as a, I mean, you you call old dude, you call some, I mean, call my wife c word. I might be ready to whip your ass too. I mean, you know, there's there's a line, you know. <laughs> I saw and, that the and joke I think it's joke. always been a problem. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always been an issue. Fuck, I remember a while back at Rogers at a goddamn open mic, a lady threw a glass full of ice and Lord knows what at Rob Mungle because well he called her a cunt, but it was, you know, that's Rob's favorite word. But it was a long, like she was shit faced. And that's the other problem too, Jerry. Once there's alcohol involved, that's when people really yeah. lose. Sober people don't get as upset and do that as much as drunk people. You know what I mean? No, no. The math gets skewed when the alcohol gets introduced. It's a bad variable. Yeah, very much so. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's always been an issue. And, you, you, you know, you, you, I agree with you. Like I saw Dave Landau. I don't know if you know who that is, but I love Dave Landau. One mm. of my all-time favorite comics, famous or not. Great writer, great comic. And some lady was being a bitch. Okay, and, dick. Huh? I don't know. Now I feel like a dick because I don't know who he is. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. You're right. like, I don't know if you know who he is or not. And I was like, no. And you're like, well, he's the greatest goddamn fucking comic you ever seen, you sorry bastard. <laughs> no, my fault you don't have good taste. No, uh, but he was doing, like, this lady wouldn't shut the fuck up. And he's kind of fucking with her. And he said, uh, you're acting like a cunt right now. And her boyfriend, 
did like that. And she said, you called me a cunt. You're going to let him call me that. And he goes, no, ma'am. I didn't say, I didn't call you a cunt. I said, you're acting like one. <laughs> I was like, oh, can't really find him with that. You got to sit back down. That's, he's got a point. He's got a point. That's a fair and valid. I mean, he wins. I was like, oh, that was slick. That, that, I followed that one away for later. I was like, I'm going to definitely use that. Um, Man, I had some, I had some little hecklers so worked up at the library down in Galveston one night. But what I watched her interrupt about four comics and just ruin punchlines and step on their jokes. And they're younger comics and they don't know when it's okay to fight back yet. And right. So I just I was going on stage right before the headliner and I'm just gonna fucking demolish this heifer. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna go after her. She wants attention, she's about to get it. And uh, I just went up there and laid into her. Just the first words out of my mouth, just laid into her. Now I never called her any names or but I just I belittled everything about her personality and her behavior and her appearance and all the information. We had found out a lot of information about her during the show where she went to school and everything oh, and just, just railed this heifer. I'd been writing material for 10 minutes back there and just yeah. railed her and her boyfriend. She at one point jumped up out of her chair and she was screaming at her boyfriend. Way. Are you gonna, are you this big a pussy that you're going to let him talk to me? You're just a little and she's railing the boyfriend. And I was like, I was like, bruh, there are a lot of single gals here. All right. <laughs> it's, it's okay to just hand her her purse and we'll hook you up with somebody else. You know what I mean? Before you get out of here. <laughs> that is fucking and She ended up storming out, storming out of the fucking bar and raising hell on the patio. And he sat there and watched the rest of the show. Is and after the left? show, he came up to me. He goes, he goes, he goes, man. I'm gonna have a shitty night, but that was the funniest damn thing. <laughs> Isn't like, that the right. best? That is so great. And he's still holding her purse. He's still, <laughs> <laughs> he's still carrying so devil. much. Oh, that's fucking funny. Well, that's fucking hilarious. You saw a lot of this. You said early on you uh, you became friends with Ralphie May pretty early on. He went. Uh, he was at the joke joint, which was my home club. I'm assuming was that your home club as well? Was the joke joint? Uh, no, I started the, the lab shop. Oh, last I started okay. the lab shop on with Gray. I did go down and do comedy showcase uh, quite a bit. So one of uh, my best buds in comedy for a long time was a guy named Big Ed Blake. Oh, and uh, we remodeled houses together and shit. Oh my and god, dude! Rest in peace to Ed Blake. Ed Blake was my first real friend and mentor in this business. That's such yeah, a small it, world. I, I got big love for Ed. I, I loved Ed dearly, dearly, dearly. Yeah. And uh, we we used to remodel houses and shit together. So he would always try to get me to come down to Comedy Showcase. But back then, you kind of like had to hang out at that club to get stage time. And it was uh, it was kind of far away from me. So I didn't go down there a lot. But I would go down there with Big Ed. And Big Ed would get me stage time. And he got me a couple gigs working at that club back in the day. But I met Ralphie. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, I, I had been talking about wanting to try comedy for a while. I love stand-up comedy. I've been wanting to try it, this and that. And uh, I had gotten into Ralphie. Ralphie had just uh, done well in Last Comic Standing, and I was really digging on the dude. And this girl I was dating got me tickets to see him January 31st, 2004 at the Laugh Stop. And uh, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. He went for two hours. My face hurt 
I'm laughing. But after the show, I fanboyed him. I went up to him. He's like, man, I'm a huge fan. I really want to do stand-up comedy, blah, 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 blah. And I bought a DVD from him. It says, Just Correct DVD. And he signed it. Uh, told me about Monday night open mic at the last stop. And he signed it. And he said, show up on Monday night. And it, it, that's what he, how he signed it. Love, Ralphie. Show up on Monday night. Don't be a pussy. And I, and I still have that DVD wow. that he signed. Uh, and so that, uh, so I was a pussy. I didn't go up the next Monday night, but I did <laughs> come the week after. Night. Oh, bitch ass <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did wait the week after and I came that week, February 10th, 2004 is my first time ever on stage. And, uh, oh, it was awful. I had about 30 of my friends with me and they laughed at everything I said. Yeah. I think it was Robin Weinberg. And he was like, he's like, all right, if any of Jerry's friends leave, he will never work here again. (laughs) (laughs) You have to stay the whole night. They knew what's up. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, very quickly into comedy, I lost all those friends because, uh, you know, you, you get them to come out about three bar shows and that's it. That's <laughs> done. Right. And then you regret it about bar three or four years in. When, yeah. Oh, God. That's what I see. And I tell, I tell the deckheads that all the time because they're like, oh, do you have a show? I'm like, it's a bar show. Don't come to those. They're like, yeah, but we just yeah, want to come yeah. and hang out. I'm like, I'm telling you, unless it's like certain I don't want rooms. to be there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's certain rooms that are good, but a lot of these are just a tough night for all involved. Just a some thing. of these things we literally just do for a little bit of money. Yeah. To yeah. get to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> I may I may have one that's the stupidest shit about it is I may have like I have a new joke. It's about four minutes long. It's hundred percent clean. I'm very excited about it. I'll take a shitty bar gig doing a 45 minute set for next to fucking nothing across town because I want to just do this. Just four minute bit. I just want to get this four minute <laughs> bit in and this other 41 minutes. I don't give a fuck about, you know, like I just, I'll make them laugh, whatever, but I just want to say this out loud and record it so I can study it and work on it. That's life. of Well, comedy, hey, and I get, do you have like weird lines in the sand? Like, let me, let me lay out an example for you. Okay. So I just worked a club out of town this past weekend as a feature act. Uh, for Caroline Picard, I'm sure mm-hmm. you know her. And uh, we worked this room about a year ago, and they paid me about 300 bucks to feature for the weekend. Did it this past weekend, and they gave me 300 bucks, but they said, hey, man, uh, we want you to come feature for her one more time, but then we're going to send you an offer to headline it at the end of the month, at the end of May. And I was like, cool. And I, so I told the dude when he paid me for the feature work, I said, man, you never sent me that offer for May. And he goes, oh, May's 300 bucks. I'm like, well, are you going to pay me the same amount of money to come back and headline? Like, except now it's all on me. Like, no, hell no. no. And so I, no, I thought about it overnight and I was like, I was like, and, and he, he was like, well, we can do a 60% door deal, but it's a tourist town. It's a tourist mm-hmm. town that's struggling. That's yeah, not doing no. well. And I was like, no, I'm not risking a door deal in a tourist town uh, because there's people there, but they're not there for comedy. They're there for the beach and bullshit like that. So I, I ended up turning down the gig. But then my buddy calls me and he says, hey, you want to come do comedy in my backyard tonight for 40 bucks? And I'm like, hell yeah, man, because I got some shit I want to work out. Hell yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm going to do comedy over crickets and fucking mosquitoes and these goddamn yeah, bugs, which are everywhere. <laughs> fucking. That's uh, so funny. And it's weird. But because but he, he was transparent about it, you know, he hit yeah. me up. He's like, look, I ain't no money in this, but if you want to come do it, I'd love to have you on the show. And like, you know what? It's local. It's right here by my house. Not that big a deal. I'll just go do it and come home, you know? Work I'm saying, I am the same way. I am the same way. But I ain't going to drop 
drive down there and do I, it was just my line in the sand like i'm not gonna let you pay me the same headline as you did to feature me man i'm just not gonna do that dude. i was i, was I don't bitching, know anybody that would i was bitching about that the other day I, I tweeted it out or maybe i posted on facebook i don't remember but you know we're all hearing about inflation 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 everything's going up but but eventually yeah. wages will catch up don't worry i'm like bitch talk to a comic our wages yeah. over the last decade have gone down, not up. Yeah, yeah. And now prices are yeah. up and gas is more expensive and it costs a lot more to be a comic. But we're we're experiencing it's... deflation. <laughs> we really are. Like it's, it's it... a Yeah, most of everything I'm taking on the road right now are door deals. And I'm only doing really? door deals in markets. Thanks to TikTok, I've got a pretty decent market out there in some areas. Uh, especially in Texas and um, like I'm doing really well in the North Texas, like Fort Worth area and nice. got a pretty decent, like I did Bastrop. I sold Bastrop out and made a nice. pretty nice little chunk of change on that one. It sold a lot of merchandise. So I'm, I'm just trying to stick to those markets where I know that I can be effective and try to take these door deals um, because at least the door deal, it's a gamble, but there's a chance you make some decent money on the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody about the TikTok. Yeah, uh, Rob from So Smoking Gooder Show said, what's his TikTok? Tell everybody what your TikTok is and what you do and what it's about and how you got the ideas. And Because you're blowing up, man. You are killing it on TikTok. Uh, right the, the TikTok's just Jerry Wayne Longmire. And I have a lot of my stand-up on there. But I started doing this thing. And uh, somebody called it Truck Astrology. And that really stuck with me and made me laugh. But it's basically just... You know, I just look at uh, trucks and shit I see and, and, and attribute a personality to it, you know? So funny. And it's just describing these type of people and describing the type of people I've known my whole life. You know, I'm, it, we're comics, we're observers, yes. you know? And so I, I can meet most people within about 10 minutes and see the clothes they're wearing and the kind of vehicle they drive. And I can put together a little fair fucking assumption about who they are. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, I'm not Sherlock Holmes by any stretch of the imagination. But <laughs> no, I can, not a, not a forensic uh, I can profiler for the FBI. Yeah, I can, I can certainly make some judgment calls, you know, that I don't mind standing behind. Uh, so I started doing that, and then I also do some sketch. I do a I do a character that's called the Southern Boss, and it's mm-hmm. it's just a Southern construction foreman kind of dude sits in his truck and yells at everybody all day, and it's kind of dudes I worked under Let growing me tell you up. What. And, that hit home with me because I, for when I was with my first wife, her dad, her mom worked managed apartment complexes, and her dad was like a that. I mean, I worked, I was a carpenter and a, a construction guy for these fucking, and it was the same. I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking hilarious and so goddamn real. Oh my yeah. god, that's but that's the beauty of comedy, dude. That's what I was talking to. Who was I talking to about this? Oh, uh, my barber today, J-Ro, because he was saying, he was like, have you heard that that Bill Burr bit where he talks about the, the differences between black people and white people when we talk about other races? Is like black people will be like, um, they'll say the race first and then the curse word and white people will say the curse word first and then the race. Like black people like, man, this Asian motherfucker was cool and white people be like, this fucking Asian and it's like, oh shit, it just got to go. And, just, and, and I was like, you know what's so beautiful about that is it is so true and just like what you did in the car with the boss. It's so beautiful. The, the relatability. So like the oh. ones I'm doing right now is I'm doing these sketches that are, it's my grand, it's my paternal grandfather, my dad, and uh, my favorite uncle, and they just always sat there and shot the shit and kind of jawed at each other, 
and uh, in, in that way that Southern men do, that just sort of picking at each other and yeah. fucking with each other about stuff. So I've been doing those sketches and releasing them, and I really like those the best because the it's because of the uh, the feedback, man, is so positive, dude. Because people come in there and you know, there's 300 comments going, man, I, I really miss this. The men in my family are gone now, and I'm oh, like, these men are all going. God, too. that that's feels good, doesn't these. it? Yeah, and they're like, man, I really miss this. This is like my childhood right here. I, I miss this arguing about motor oil and shit like that. You know, like I was like, yeah, man. I was like, we don't do that shit no more. You know, no. But we used to sit around. Now we get on the internet and call each other libtard and shit, and you know, fucking break up families and stuff. Nobody can just have a good old fashioned argument in the goddamn no. driveway anymore. No, about nothing. That was the best. The yeah, best my, arguments my dad, his family was about literally nothing. My dad and his brothers would sit out there and pick at each other and bitch about old shit and argue about motor oil and engines and car brands and boat motors and just anything, anything, man. It didn't matter what it was. If you pick up a hand tool, was that a craftsman? You know, and it was just, ah, here we go, you know? <laughs> and it was just, uh, yeah. I guess, I guess the driveway is like the black barbershop for old white men. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. That is so fucking true. Oh, that's well done. We're pretty calm at the barbershop, but we get out there to the driveway and carport and some shit's going to get said. Do you, do you worry like, cause you know, you did the boss character and you do the, the truck astrology and you, you know, you've got these, do you worry about how fuck I don't want to end up like Southern mama or, uh, who's the guy I opened for that Jesse booked? Um, Donnie Baker, the bastard maker. Oh, Uh, Donnie Baker. Well, Donnie Baker's been a character. I mean, Donnie's been okay. So, so the real comic behind Donnie Baker was a comic for many years, and oh, was he? Uh, he toured with Tim Wilson for years, years, years. Who was a damn fine comic, uh, and he, I think he just kind of missed his shot, and he scored big with the Donnie Baker. I don't worry too much about that. I, w- I would never mind doing any of those characters, but it, they're not really stage characters. Mm-hmm. But I would never mind doing it, but. I've been a stand-up comic so long. That's my main focus. And so I, I don't worry. Like, if it gets me booked, great. But uh, what you're getting is Jerry Wayne, you know, the comic. And uh, It's it's funny you know, because, you know. So, Southern Mama wasn't really a comic before they became Southern Mama. And now they're trying to learn how to be a comic. And it's it's not a great way to approach it. It's a good point. It's a good point. And I didn't know Donnie Baker did stand up. I know he wrote for like Bob and Tom and he would do that character yeah. on there, but I didn't know he was a stand up. And that reminds me kind of of uh, Frankie Quinones. I don't know if you know who that dude is, but uh, Man, that name seems so familiar to me. He does a character that? called Cholo Fit. Right? Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he does Juanita Carmelita. Creeper. He's got these two characters. Yeah. Creeper. And, but, but he was a stand up before he did that. So what he does in his shows as he knows people are coming to see Creeper. Like, they they want yeah. to see fucking Creeper on stage. But what I love mm-hmm. about Frankie, and uh, you don't see this from a lot of these internet guys, is Frankie will go out first. Like, he will he travels with a feature, and they kind of, they, they do two sets, the feature does. So, Frankie goes up and does 25 minutes of just straight stand-up comedy, just so he can show that I'm a stand-up first, like I always was. Yeah. And then his feature will do, like, 10 or 15 minutes, and then he comes on as Juanita Carmelita, and then he does like 10 or 15 minutes as her. He goes off stage, wardrobe change into Creeper His while his feature does another 10 to 15, comes back as Creeper and the show's over. So he kind of gives everybody what they want. 
But I love that he stays true to his 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 stand up roots instead of trying to do a forty five minute show as Creeper. Yeah, it's always my stand up show. Always has to be my stand up show. I don't mind doing a character. It's, the great thing about the Southern Boss character, it's really not that far off who I am. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. You have to do a voice I, I like Donnie Baker, which for years that was fucking weird. I bro. don't alter my voice or my appearance in any shape or form, so it's. It's really easy to drop into those idioms and, you know, just, you know, talk that way and be that person because I was for a long time. Um, and then the same way with the characters like my dad, I try to, I try to do shit that now I have had people like they'll come to me after the show. So like Bastrop was one of my first, like a bunch of people from TikTok came out that Bastrop show. And I was like, Oh, I was kind of, I hadn't really thought about it yet, you know? And so I did my show but somewhere in the middle of my set, I said something about how many of y'all have seen me on TikTok, and they, like three quarters of the crowd like lost their shit. And wow, I was like, oh, that's fuck. a dope feeling as a comic. And, isn't it? Oh. it was cool, but then like walking out, they're like, "Hey, man, here's a picture of my truck, man. Can you put it in your next fucking day?" You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, "Oh, just send it to the email address." You know, if I get to it, I get to it, man. Have you have you thought about incorporating any of that on stage, or are you just like, "No, nah, I'm a comic, and that's all I want to do." I mean, because yeah, man, maybe that may I had thought about incorporating the Southern boss character. I wrote, I wrote like 15 minutes of fucking stand up as that character, mm -hmm. just thinking it might be fun to fuck with it a little bit, experiment with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not trying to Larry the cable, Larry the cable guy myself either. Right. You know? That's exactly. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind four point six million dollars oh. in taxes. I, somebody uh, asked me that. Would you sell I, out I for Larry the Cable Southern guys balls for a whole lot of that? Hell yeah! <laughs> Look, God, this, put that check. Get that check in the truck. Let's do this. <laughs> that is a conversation <laughs> every comic has. Would you sell out and be Larry the Cable guy for his money? Fuck yes, I would. Yeah. In yes, the yes. goddamn <laughs> whose dick do I need to suck right now? Let's go. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Um, I got two kids and a good wife. I can't wait to sell out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, dude, I, uh, I'm ready be, for all their lives to be easier. I think it would be dope if you just had like a projector and put some trucks up and, and did it live. Like that might be a good fucking option, right? Like, well, it's a, uh, I'm headlining the improv and I made like a little TikTok video about, you know, doing, I'm going to the, I'm being, and, uh, so I told her, I was like, I was like, just bring your shit up in the parking lot. We'll have a parking lot party. We'll do a truck parade, and I'll stand out there with a PA system, and make fun of your shit while you drive by. <laughs> that would we'll, be funny. We'll Scotty Peterson over there sell some barbecue, make some money off this Hell thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Fuck yeah! Uh, you toured with Ralphie for a while, right? Well, we're going back a little bit. Little bit. It's so, yeah. spotty. I wouldn't say I toured, but I, I worked with him a lot. Yeah, y'all, and y'all became friends after you started. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you think Ralphie would make of today's comedy landscape? I mean, that's always a it, people always like. Well, what would Bill Hicks be like? What would what would uh, 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 Carlin and these guys think? What do you what do you think Ralphie would think of? Because Ralphie wasn't PC. Ralphie yeah, the, Ralphie said some Ralphie. objectionable and questionable shit. He 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 would use the N word, and as a white guy, mm -hmm. that was. Yeah, it was questionable when he was doing it back then. Yeah, um, I, I didn't like it personally, but he. Somehow... Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I'm not a. I so I try not to. I have a big uh, issue with like punching down. I yeah. don't. I try to punch lateral or up. Um, you know, there's certain words. Um, I, I don't use the R word in my act. I don't like it. I don't like uh, when other people say it. Uh, I had a special needs uncle that I was raised with. And 
So some of that shit just rings a little too close to home. But I'll say this, Ralphie wouldn't give a fuck. Ralphie no. would Ralphie never cared what anybody else was doing. No. All Ralphie cared about was what Ralphie was doing. And uh, I've seen that dude. I've seen that dude walk in front of a crowd that hated his fucking guts because of one thing he said. And two hours later, these motherfuckers are leaving red faced and choked up because he just beat the hell out of them on stage. You know? Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was really. I I didn't realize what I I took it for granted. To be honest with you, he was a better friend to me than I ever was to him, and I should have been better. But I took it for granted because I didn't know how great he was. I know I thought he was the funniest thing in the world, but I've never seen anybody do what he did since then. I mean, six night I w- we would do six shows in a six shows in a row, sold out, standing room only, beat the piss up, make people cry, yeah. laughing so hard. And you don't, I don't see anybody swinging that hard for the fences anymore like he did. They always talk about the old days of like Houston power comedy. And I think he is the perfect uh, example of that. That dude, uh, for a big dude that didn't move much, yeah, it was a high energy show. Nonstop. Uh, it's yeah. funny because that you mentioned that and his, his stamina, because you're right. I mean, he was so out of shape that he could barely get on stage. Like it, it, it was Ooh. difficult. It would take some time. Like he, it, but um, when he was up there, but he'd be talking shit all the way to the microphone. The whole way up. But I remember, <laughs> so you mentioned Ed Blake, big Ed earlier. And, and I, I, I shit you not one of my best friends in comedy and, and a mentor and a friend of mine. And I wouldn't be the comic I am today if it wasn't for big Ed. And yes, it's it's absolutely (laughs) his fault. I tell people like blame it on a dead guy, Barry. Fuck (laughs) people, comics that I was an asshole to my first four years. I'm like, hey, that was just big as influence on on me to you. I'm not that mean. I'm actually a nicer person, but now that he's dead, I can calm down a little bit. So I apologize for how I treated you when Big Ed was around at the open mics. Uh, but no, but so I'm sure you know this, but Big Ed was on stage in Oklahoma. City at, 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 at Terry and Larry's club at, at the Looney Bin and uh, passed out on stage and they rush him to the hospital. Long story short, uh, he loses his leg and has heart problems and a brain and, and just almost dies a couple of times. And by the time he gets back, um, he's just got insurmountable medical bills. You know what I mean? He's got a, he's got a prosthetic leg and he's just... So um, I brought it up. I did a fundraiser for Big Ed at the joke joint. It was me, Billy D, like a ton of people. Matt Golightly came in town. Great show. A um, lot of folks, a lot of, lot of Ed's friends and uh, really fun time. Well, Ralphie may heard about it or somebody tagged him and was like, hey, Ralphie, why don't you do this show or something? And Ralphie said, I tell you what, uh, I'll do one better. He actually said, message me. I hit him up. He goes, what's the story? I told him the whole story. He goes, oh, fuck. We got to get this guy some money. He's a comic. You know how Ralphie was? Huge heart. Didn't always deliver, yeah, but huge heart. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to stay over. He had already done, he was sick as a fucking dog, but he said, I'll do, he's, you know, he normally would do, he would do seven, eight shows in Houston and sell every yeah. one of them out. And that's a long weekend for a comic, a fucking mm-hmm. long weekend. But he goes, I'm going to stay Monday, do an extra show. Ed can have the door. He can have the entire yeah. fucking door. And, um, he gets Slade to go on and a couple other comics and they do a whole show. Ralphie may Monday at the improv maybe sells out the first row, right? 100, 110, not a huge uh, thing. 
In the green room afterwards, Ralphie uh, hands Ed two checks. One is the door check. And I don't know what it was for, but it was the improv had agreed. It was just, Ed kept 100% of the door. And then he hands him a second check and he says, I'm really disappointed with the turnout for this show today. I really thought we would sell this out. So I wanted to match the door. So Ralphie wrote Ed a second check to match the door. And I was like, that is so fucking dope. But that speaks a lot about the kind of guy Ralphie was for, you know, all of his other things. Like he, you know, it was dope, man. I was like, wow, that's uh, fucking dope. Dude, dude as good a motherfucker inside and out as you ever meet. And there, you know, we all got flaws and it's really easy to examine the past and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and all that. But one of the coolest nights of my life, I, um, uh, I was hosting for uh, Big J Okerson was featuring yeah. and Patrice O'Neill was headlining at oh. the laugh stop. Oh, God. And I was hosting and Ralphie was in town at a uh, comedy showcase and Ralphie hit Patrice up. He said, Hey man, I want to take you out to dinner one night before the shows or whatever. So Ralphie shows up in that Cadillac Escalade over there that he had rented, and uh, he gets so it's me, Patrice, Big J Okerson, and Ralphie in this Escalade. You got to be so the springs are sagging. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's a this lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat in one car. God damn! You're the smallest was, one, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, we're with California weed, right? That Ralphie brought back with him, and I mean, I'm talking like. Um, Whew. You know, it's like my buddy Chuck Savage used to say, it fuck you up like polio. You were just gone, you know? <laughs> and we go to we go to Cafe Adobe, right? And they got this rectangular table. So on one side of the rectangular table is Ralphie with a whole side to himself. Fun. And on the other side of the table, and then at the ends of the table are me and Big J. And there's so much food on this table, but every time the waiter tries to walk by the table, Ralphie's going, hey, hey. <laughs> and they're just bringing and people do people are just staring people have stopped eating and they're just watching us consume food and, and, and enchiladas and shit are just disappearing off this table because we're all stoned out of our gourd right four big dudes moving. stoned as fuck oh yeah, my yeah. god and, and we're just going through it if we get done and the the bill was like i don't know it was like 360 <laughs> fucking bucks or some shit like that you know <laughs> Ralphie, uh, the waitress was like over there kind of talking to us and everything. And she had told us some kind of story and she had something going on in her life that was, you know, it was kind of rough. Something. I don't remember what the situation was. It wasn't like a sob story. She just kind of mentioned it in passing. And, um, Ralphie started kind of pestering. So at the end of the night, he pays the bill. He tips the wait staff and the bus boys. And then she's getting ready to walk off. He said, Hey, come here. And he takes a thousand dollars off a fucking roll of money and rolls it up and sticks it in her hand and goes, this is just for you. Cause uh, wow. it sounds like you're going through a hard time right now. If I can help you out, this is just for you. And, and he sent that gal home with a thousand dollars cash Amazing. money in her pocket, you know, changed her scope. I'm Fuck sure. Yeah. So, That's huge for somebody struggling. A thousand dollars. He did shit. I watched him tip people. Like he was like fucking Elvis Presley. You know, riding around with him and being a part of the crew and going every day. He wanted to go to the movies, watch movies, smoke weed, eat some food, tip everybody really good. Go back to hotels, smoke some more weed, go do the shows. That's all we did. That's it. He went to the movies, <laughs> went to eat, went back, did the shows. 
That's so badass, and, uh, dude. And the dude was writing all day, and you didn't know he was writing all day until you saw the show at night. Really? Because he would the use that day night stuff? Everything that had happened that day, you know? No shit. And just in a funny way, just telling it in a funny way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he was just a killer, man. He was just a killer. Um, and uh, it, that's a that's a hill I'll down. I, that dude was as good as anybody I've ever seen do the job. I tell you what, he has a uh, for for young comics that may be watching this, and I know we have some um, stand up comics that or guys in, that watch the show that want to be stand up comics. Ralphie May has a really really good video online where he's talking stand up. Oh, his comedy. point system, huh? His point system. I don't know if it was that. Uh, you should look that. He has a video where he talks about how every time he'd go on stage, he would talk about, he would start off with this many points in his head. And if he wrote a new tag, he gave himself this many points. And if he wrote a new punchline, he got this many points. Oh, I do remember that. That was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a great, uh, I've used that system for years. Um, I don't win often, but I do use that system. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he had some gems in that whole uh, video. Speaking of videos, one last thing, and then I'm gonna let you go because we're we're way over. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I try to bounce it forward, but I, I wanted to. I didn't want to not mention this. You shot a special here in Houston at the Secret Group. It is called the Wrecking Yard. It is available. Yes, it premiered November 27, 2021, and yeah. it is available on your YouTube channel. I'm gonna put a link in chat. And this is completely okay, free. Cool. People can go watch the whole special, right? Yeah. All right. I'm going to post and actually, this in the, uh, the The ink is dry on the deal, so I can talk about it. I just signed a distribution deal on it that's going to get it released in uh, 40 different video streaming markets uh, as well as 20 different audio streaming markets. So it's going to hit as an album on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. That's and, badass, uh, dude. So it's a, it's yeah. a, so you're gonna have an audio version of it as well as the video version. Yeah, of it? and then it's gonna, of course, gonna be on Tubi and Amazon and all that kind of bullshit. So badass, dude. Congratulations on that. I put oh, yeah, the link in the chat for everybody if you want to go watch Jerry Wayne's full special, The Wrecking Yard. It's fucking hilarious. I loved it, and I loved it because you did something that I'm uh, uncomfortable doing on stage. You had a very long moment of realness. When you're talking about your mom. Oh, where I talk about my mama dying. Yeah. And I'm scared to death to do that. And I just, I'm watching that in awe and admiring the shit out of you. Cause I was like, I just want to be there one day. I'm not there yet. I, I want to be there. <laughs> I want that real authenticness that you had in that moment. And through the whole special dude, it, it, it was, it's a great special. Uh, and I'm Thank glad you. that more people are going to be, get, get to see it. You had a great numbers on it, by the way, over 40, almost 4,500 views. Yeah, that's, man, that's, uh, and that's mostly come from TikTok. I have used TikTok to drive traffic to that. and uh, Badass. Well, Jerry Wayne, man, I appreciate you doing this. You guys go follow him. How can they follow you on TikTok, on social media? What are all your different handles? Uh, Jerry Wayne Longmire on TikTok, uh, Jerry Wayne Live on Facebook and Instagram, and Jerry Wayne Longmire on Facebook. That's Dude, it. it's all just going to be Jerry Wayne Longmire. I'm yeah. trying to fix Get all, it all those fixed. dumb things I did. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no, okay. Jerry Wayne, I didn't know if I wanted to use my last name for a while uh, because I'm a junior and yeah. uh, me and my dad shared the same last name. And I was like, I ain't trying to bring a bunch of embarrassment on the family. But uh, 
then he kind of turned out to be a prick. And now I'm like, I want you to look, I want you to see my shit when you Google your own name. I want you to suffer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I get that dude. There's a, there's another Barry Labanac. There's only one other Barry Labanac. And I think he went to jail for like diddling a 14 year old or some shit. I'm like, Ooh, oh, that's, a, that's a bad what the fuck we doing. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, yeah. I'm you hurt the name thing, guy. Right? <laughs> Fucking asshole. Uh, Jerry Way, dude, this was a lot of fun, man. I love this shit. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Thanks for taking the time to do it. Uh, guys, go follow, go support, go watch the special, put it in the rotation, put that man's TikTok in the phone and enjoy it. Homie, I appreciate you, man. I, I look forward to working with you as always. Hell yeah. See you then. All right, y'all. That is Jerry Wayne Longmire. And that is another edition. Love the show. Got a little extra in. 420. I'll tell you what, man. Having great dudes that are great comics. I shouldn't say great dudes. Great people. That are also just great comics and and an easy hang and a good talk, right? Just just a good conversation. Uh, I love, I love, I'm sure some of you guys may not like you guys. I just love good conversations about comedy, but that's the comedy. Jared! Thank you for the 300 biddies, my friend. Appreciate you. Jared said, made mowing the yard a lot. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I really am. So, uh, we still got plenty of shit to do tomorrow, and it is a three-hour Thursday tomorrow. We're going to start at 2 o'clock. Go to 4 o'clock, and then we'll do another private hour for the Patreon members from 4 to 5. Until then, until I see you tomorrow, do me three favors. Huh? Be safe. Be kind. Most importantly, love each other. See y'all tomorrow.